Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, we certainly have a lot of time today. I have three hours and I don't have any reporters for Thursday. Ever since our World's Greatest Doctors panel uh, kind of completed our work, and it was pretty obvious we completed our work because everybody had other things to do. Um, so they left. <laughs> so there I am, like, okay, three hours of Thursday. This is a good chance to call in. So 215-383-3832. Um, also, our live chat is open. Uh, our Skype line is open, and all that information is right there on the broadcast page in front of you. Uh, whether you're listening to podcasts or live, it's all there. And I still have folks asking, well, how do we find your show? Well, it's Right here, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Uh, and that works for the show I'm about to do. That works for the show, <clears throat> excuse me, that works for the show I'm doing right now. That works for the podcast. That, that one site covers everything. And so it's really pretty easy to find where we are. But uh, again, this is new. And I think what it comes to a lot of is this whole idea of, of, the, of the massive censorship that we are under. And one of my newer reporters pointed out to me that when they post our show, Every other thing they post gets all kinds of response and likes and, you know, and, and likes and loves and, you know, wows and all that kind of thing uh, and laughs and whatever. But our show, because we are so censored, we are so restricted, we are so uh, algorithmed, I guess, is that a word? Algorithmed, you know, out of uh, uh, a lot of social media that uh, a lot of folks haven't heard about us yet. They will. They will because it's coming. You know, like I say, the more national shows we do, the more things like that. So I think of a lot of uh, what we do or what I do, you know, with these radio shows uh, is build up a podcast library that is going to be amazingly popular. At least I hope so. You know, once once you kind of break through the censorship thing. And so it's bad. I mean, it's really bad. It happened after. Well, two th- two big things happened. One. Um, I was sort of asked to leave WBY. That was the first one. That was back in 2018. The next big uh, challenge was 2020 when COVID hit. And, of course, me being me, <laughs> you know, broadcasting that uh, chloroquine cures COVID, uh, early treatments work, uh, everything that Dr. Fascist is telling you is a lie. We don't need vaccines. You don't make a vaccine, which takes at least 10 years, you know, for a disease or a virus that's already here. That's just stupid. You treat it and you cure it and you kill it. You know, and that was my philosophy back then, and I was right then, and I'm right now. And it doesn't matter, though. Being right is not a criteria for being on social media. Uh, following the party narrative is, which uh, well, I'll get to Twitter in a minute, but it leads to something hysterical that happened yesterday. And so I have a new international news group page, and it's dedicated exclusively to international press, you know, press outside the United States. And so my folks in – actually, I'm hoping to get members. Now that I think of it, this is a good idea. Our newer listeners in Australia, England, and Canada, uh, that would be a great place for you folks to join uh, the group, just uh, just – request that yeah i want to join and it's got three questions I, I do everything by question so i get to know people but i really need people posting so for you guys it would be your local press <laughs> yeah, but for us it'd be the foreign press uh and so that would be interesting to have anyway so um if you go in the news group uh, one of my facebook friends uh, one of my local friends here uh post a couple of things from tass well that's t-a-s-s well tass is the is the russian state news agency i mean is i think uh, Pravda is the other one Pravda is russian for truth uh, TASS is, is like an acronym for, you know, total, you know, uh, absolute, you know, societal structure, <laughs> whatever, whatever TASS stands for. 
Uh, but that's that's the Russian news agency from the from the government. And the funniest thing was, you know, so I, I clicked on that story. I said, well, this is interesting. Let me take a look and see what this is all about. It actually, is about biolabs. I'll, I'll get to it in a little bit. Anyway, so I click on the story, and the first thing it does is Facebook, you know, posts this big warning. This may be propaganda from state-controlled media. Now I'm dying laughing, right? Because Facebook, which is the the the, uh, the arm. <laughs> of state-controlled media, you know, telling me to watch out for Russian state-controlled media when, the, when our state-controlled media has been putting out propaganda against Russia, you know, since uh, Trump came down the escalator. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's an agent of Russia. He's a collaborator with Russia, said the people who love Russia and love Soviet communism. I mean, the, the irony is so hysterical. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm dying laughing, right? I'm looking. Of course, of course, I post immediately after that, you know, that uh, you, you guys aren't going to believe this. Facebook gave me a warning against Russian state-controlled media. You know, so this is like one state-controlled media giving, warning me about another state-controlled media. I, I know that. You know, everybody knows that. And so this is funny. But it's just that they think this is going to have an impact on me, that our censorship bureau at Facebook is, uh, is warning me about their censorship bureau in Russia. Oh, come on. I think I was born yesterday or something. Anyway, it was hysterical. But uh, I guess there are people who are going to believe that. Oh, no, that might be, that might be state-controlled media. What, what do you think NPR is? <laughs> NPR is, is state-controlled media because it's owned by the government. What do you think national public radio is? They might as well call it socialist public radio, call it SPR or CPR, communist public radio, or just communist radio, <laughs> you know, communist government radio, CGR. And now we have news from CGR. It's a great place to be. And we listen to the Russian-American radio. It's a good thing. You know, I mean – What's the difference, right? Anyway, so I found that funny. All right, so let's, let's uh, talk about um, uh, uh, Twitter for a minute here. Now, what's happening in Twitter is fascinating. So as you know, I'm censored on virtually every social media platform heavily because I told the truth about COVID. And I told it probably before – I don't know if I was the first to break the story, but I've never heard anybody more recently uh, than March 2nd of 2020 when I said there is no pandemic. This is all a government hoax. Uh, there is COVID. There certainly is COVID. That's real. It's a virus. But it's not a pandemic uh, because most people, how do you have a pandemic that doesn't affect 99.9% of the people? <laughs> okay. So, you know, and even higher than that, you know, so, and the younger you get, the less it affects you. So you're closing schools for people that aren't at risk. You know, you're, you're, you're closing companies for people that, that aren't really at risk until they get older. And the older you get, the closer you are to retirement and you're not working anyway. So why are you closing jobs? That's irrational, unless your whole idea was to close jobs, close the economy, and put everybody on government dependence, which it seems more likely. So it's everybody under government control. See, COVID was really a government control uh, and a government marketing scheme, and we all know that. We, we know that's how it works because that's what they did. They marketed the, the vaccines and made them mandatory, uh, and they, they mandated something that, that can't be mandated by the Constitution. They call it vaccines when they're not vaccines, and they complain about Russian state-controlled media. <laughs> you know, this is why it's so funny. And it's tragic. And, you know, what is it? The Greek philosophy, tragedy and comedy are kind of interrelated. Well, this is tragedy, but you have to laugh at it. Otherwise, you go nuts. Anyway, so that's what's going on. So Twitter. Now, here's where it gets more interesting, because Twitter is, uh, is I guess, officially being bought by Elon Musk tomorrow. And so maybe we should have a Twitter painted party or something like that. But uh, Twitter is going to be fascinating. So I'm, I'm getting ready to start posting our bills. And I've been posting our show since the show started four years ago, but we've never really gotten a following since, you know, March 2nd of 2020, you know, when we said that, uh, actually, we weren't doing that badly before that, you know, when I, uh, and especially when I had, was on WBY, which is a, you know, this can be said for having a regular radio station, because when the station backs you, it already had an audience, 
So it already had a morning show for several years. So I really walked into a good position. You know, with, with Blog Talk, I had to start all over again from scratch. And so I'm not complaining about that. It's just, but that's the, that was the reality. And, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to build a brand new show when all your social media outlets are against you. <laughs> it kind of puts a little damper on things. But undeterred, we forge ahead. We keep doing what we're doing. And uh, let's see what happens with Twitter. If all of a sudden I get a following on Twitter, especially if I start posting our bills, and we have 50, 60, 70 bills perhaps. We got a lot of bills. A lot of them are really good. I've got uh, – let me just uh, – I'll pull this up just to let you know. This is going to be very much of a legislative show today. I'll get into some of the particulars here. But I have this package of 27 bills. And so just to, let me just kind of go over this here. Uh, this first one, let me scroll up to the top. So I call this 27 bills, uh, 27 citizen written bills to rock 2022. And I guess if anybody wants this, you can email me at uh, greg at writeyourlaws.com. And so that might be uh, an idea to get some new people. That's, that's my public email. Um, and so that, that's a way to, to reach me. It's posted on the, on the page there so you can see it. So, so feel free. Um, but this, what this 27, the first one is the constitutional amendment that Congress shall no longer have the power to borrow money. That is an earth-shaking bill. In fact, I've got an article um, I post on the economics, the Action Radio Economics Project um, about how governments love inflation. Well, if you take away the power of Congress to borrow money, there won't be any inflation. So this is the Inflation Elimination Act, you know, not the Reduction Act, which actually increases inflation. And the article there is that governments love inflation. And so, you know, I was thinking about this too, that um, one of the, the reasons, well, probably the main reason for Action Radio, the fact that we deal with legislation, is that dealing with elected politicians doesn't work. First of all, the elections are stolen, but that's just the last of a long line of things. Uh, the biggest problem is parties. So the, the people go to Washington to represent their party. They don't represent you. So uh, this idea, and there's so much going into the elections. Everybody's looking at the debates, looking at the John Fetterman debate. Everybody knows, you know, I mean, gee, what a surprise. A, a stroke victim has problems talking. Wow, that's a shocker. <laughs> you know, but the real shocker is that he's on the ballot at all. That's another story. But, but the point is that everybody's making this huge fuss over the election. It's a business for media. Media makes a fortune during election season. So do the parties. You've got to let money coming in. And you think, they, they convince you that if you vote for just the right person, things will change. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we voted for a lot of different people. Not a whole lot has changed. Okay, we still have a permanent war class. We still have a, a, a national debt that isn't slowing down. You know, we still have rampant government spending. We still have government that think they can mandate anything they want, you know, uh, in complete opposition to the Constitution. We have a government that doesn't even think there's a Constitution. And that's not changing with replacing people. So you, you can replace people, but it, but, all, but it really matters who's at the top. You know, and as we did, spent the whole show yesterday and part of the previous show, if you put uh, Kevin McCarthy in the speakership, it doesn't matter how many good Republicans you have. Then nothing's going to happen. See, Kevin McCarthy's job is to stop the, the America First uh, uh, campaign. His job is to stop anything that will help this country and, and anything that will keep the deep state in power. That's his job. So his job is to maintain deep state power, just as Mitch McConnell's job is to maintain deep state power and make sure the Republicans don't do anything for America. That's their job. And you can tell that because that's what they do every day. So you can focus on elective politicians, but it's not going to change anything. So I realized this a long time ago, years ago, 20 years ago. I didn't know what to do about it yet. I mean, it took a while. You know, this whole process of action radio has been a huge evolutionary process over probably 20 years, but mostly just in the last eight. I mean, I did a lot of writing. So I started writing in 2014. So yeah, about eight years ago, I really started writing about this and trying to have it all make sense. But I realized that, that focusing on elections and focusing on politicians that get elected – this isn't getting anywhere. 
because you can elect the best people in the world and there's not enough of them to change the system. So if you really want to change the system, you have to change the laws. So if you change the politicians to try and change the laws, you're, you're doing an extra step that doesn't work because that's where the block is. You're changing the, we can change the politicians. We can have influence. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of political change. But will the system change? See, that's the question you have to ask yourself. We can change the politicians. We can change the people who are elected to office. But is, are, is anything really going to change in the system? And the answer is no, because the system is stacked against you because of the deep state, because of the operatives, because of uh, the rank and privilege that they want. You know, they want to maintain their status. And the fact that we're basically run by an idiocracy in the executive branch, which shouldn't be there because it's, it's illegal. So you've got a very dangerous deep state that does not want to give up power. That's why it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with Action Radio and our citizen legislature, because we're writing bills that take away their power. I mean, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> you know, if you've got, you got a government system that is completely abusing power, you take away that power. Well, the best way to do that is with laws. Well, gee, Greg, why do you want it laws? Because laws are what the society runs on. Like it or not, the reason big tech can censor everybody, including me, is because it's legal. Congress actually gave them that power. Now, in a fascinating chat with somebody very recently, and we we're looking at this and we we're talking about this, and, and I said, and uh, my friend says, well, wait a minute, isn't that against the First Amendment? Well, we all know it's a first, against the First Amendment, but it really is against the First Amendment. I'll get to that when we get to our big tech bill. But Congress actually said that despite any constitutional limitations, you know, big tech can still censor you legally. Well, if you change that law, then they can't censor you legally. And every lawyer in the country can go crazy and say, hey, <laughs> let's do a lawsuit. So people say, well, just, we want to stop those frivolous lawsuits. Well, it's not frivolous if you're suing big tech any, any more than it was frivolous to sue big tobacco. Or when we get our product liability bill, when we get uh, vaccine liability back on the, uh, on the vaccine manufacturers, those aren't going to be frivolous lawsuits either, but they're going to be worth billions of dollars. And I'm still trying to get a hold of the National Trial Lawyers Association. I think they're going to be a fabulous ally, but again, you know, if I were a household word, if we had millions of listeners, I could just call these people up and they go, oh, yeah, Greg, let me put you right through to the boss. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm trying for. So I can call up these various organizations and various politicians and uh, I'll get put right through. Listen, you have a million listeners. People will talk to you. Trust me. <laughs> they will talk to us here at, at Action Radio. And, and when all of you advocate bills and, they go, oh, you're, you're with Action Radio, you're, you're lobbying citizen legislation, and they'll know that we have millions of people following this and, and advocating and voting, you know, based on the bills, you know, not just the politicians themselves, but how much they have actually put forward laws that increase our freedom, laws that we write here and, and laws from who knows where else. So this is going to start a snowballing event. It really is. This is going to start a chain reaction all through the political specter. We are, we are going to change the system for the better while using this. We're actually going to use the system to change the system while maintaining the system and making it better, if that makes sense. What it means is, instead of having the lobbyists, well, here's, here's the way legislation works. And I've, I've explained this before, but I want to do it again, especially for our newer folks. The way that laws are created in this country right now, and I imagine with other countries, it's pretty much the same thing. The special interests, the corporations, the wacko groups, and, and the billionaires like George Soros and Bill Gates, they, uh, they hire lawyers and lobbyists in lobbying organizations. Uh, and they get friendly names like, you know, uh, Friends of the Earth, <laughs> an environmental group, Sierra Club. You know, uh, the, the committee that helps people. <laughs> I just made that one up, right? But all these, these groups are based in Washington. And most of the people that work there are former regulators and former members of Congress and former um, all kinds of executive branch people. So people with experience in government get really fat jobs in lobbying firms because they still have access to their friends who are still in government. 
And then the, the big corporations, the special interests, and the billionaires pay those lobbyists and lawyers to write legislation that benefits the special interests. Well, that doesn't help us. Well, Congress doesn't write legislation anymore. We write more legislation than the entire Congress of the United States. In fact, you can go back probably 10 years, and we have more legislation at writeyourlaws.com than the entire Congress, all 535 of them, 435 representatives and 100 senators, have more legislation than they have written combined over 10 years. That is staggering. (laughs) But but think of where that's going to put us. Okay, think about that. Think about that as us, you know. I mean, who's writing the bills that really make a difference? Who's writing vaccine product liability? We are. Who's writing an end to censorship? We are. Who's writing a bill to stop Congress from borrowing money, to prevent it, to put it in the Constitution? We are. It's not the Heritage Foundation. It's not Cato. It's not the Hoover Institute. It's not any of the conservative organizations. It's not any of the, the clubs. The, you know, it's not Turning Point USA. As much as I love Turning Point USA, I, I, want, I want to work with those folks so they can all be lobbyists. You know, but they're not turning out legislation. You know, the committee staffs of Congress uh, aren't turning it out. They're getting it from the lobbyists. The, the people who work for the individual uh, members of the House and Senate, they're not turning out legislation either, as far as I can see. Oh, there is one bill I want to, I want to talk about in just a little bit here. Uh, it's a bill to end Social Security taxes. And I'll explain why that is important in a minute. I've got three hours. <laughs> i got a lot of time to talk. Uh, so if you're tired of listening to me, the best thing to do is go to live chat uh, and type something in. Um, which I will address, or just call me, 215-383-3832, and we shall go from there. All right, so, so that's what's happening. So all these bills are out there that we're writing uh, that nobody else is, and this is why this is so powerful. Now, you do not have to write a bill. You don't. I mean, I, I expect very few people to write bills, actually, uh, maybe like 100, <laughs> you know, the whole country, uh, that will actually do this, and that's fine. And, and so keep in mind, too, that we do follow the legislative process. We do submit these bills to the appropriate legislature, Congress, state legislatures, uh, school boards, city councils, and county commissions. And the reason we do that is because this is all about following the Constitution and following, about, following our republic. It's also a safeguard, too, because you know we're going to get copied. As soon as this gets big, you know, Soros is going to set up his own citizen legislature and calling it people for the people. <laughs> Something equally stupid, right? And, and they're going to spend billions of dollars, and they're going to try and pretend to be us. Oh, we're all about freedom. But if you read the bills, you're going to find out it's not about freedom. It's about leftism. It's about Marxism. It's about taking away your power. So the reason we need a legislature is to sort between the fake groups that are going to copy us and try and bring about more tyranny under the guise of citizen legislation and the real citizen legislature, us, the first one, the genuine one, the one that advocates freedom, that has a good purpose, that is doing the right thing. So watch. It's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because it always does. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so that's one. Uh, Take away the power of Congress to borrow money. The next one, disarming the federal government of their unconstitutional armaments. So you know that there are 287,000 armed bureaucrats in the federal government and only 185,000 Marines. <laughs> okay. So, the, so the, um, it's interesting that the uh, bureaucrats outnumber the Marines by almost 100,000. <laughs> 285,000. No, actually they do. They outnumber the Marines by 100, over 100,000. So there's 100,000 more armed bureaucrats than there are Marines. That should scare the hell out of you. So we have a bill to disarm them. Oh, that's going to be a shocker. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I go agency by agency. You know, it's very simple. There's only three crimes, piracy and counterfeiting. Treason, there aren't that many traitors because it happens during declared war. We haven't had a declared war since uh, World War II. So treason is making war against the United States. 
No, it's not just defying the United States. No, it's not doing evil things. That's actually making war, giving aid and comfort to the enemy in a declared war. That's what treason is. So we don't have a lot of traitors. We have a lot of bad people, but they're not actual traitors under the Constitution. So the federal government only has jurisdiction over them uh, in terms of that crime. The next one is piracy. Well, what's piracy? You know, piracy is defined on the high seas back in those days because they didn't have airplanes. <laughs> okay. So the high seas is piracy. And uh, I guess within the United States, we have you know, plenty of law enforcement that can handle hijackings of trucks and trains and things like that. But piracy on the high seas requires the Navy or the Coast Guard. Piracy in the air requires the Air Force or the Air National Guards or whoever, you know, outside the country. I'm not sure how else it's done. But the Air Force and the uh, Air National Guard would pretty much take care of, of piracy in the air. So, again, why do you need armed federal bureaucrats for that? You need a few you know, to actually arrest them. Eh, maybe some U.S. Marshals, maybe some Secret Service. <clears throat> maybe like, I don't know, 100, <laughs> 100 armed federal agents should be able to take care of this once the actual uh, pirates, pirates are dealt with. Chances are they're not going to be alive anyway. You look at the, uh, the people that hijacked, uh, what was that? There was a tanker or a freighter off the coast of Iran several years ago. Tom Hanks played the, uh, uh, the captain. And the captain, I guess a couple of others, were put in this uh, um, lifeboat, and they're out in the ocean. And the, the snipers from the, the SEALs came along and killed the pirates. Som- it was, was Somali pirates, I'm thinking? It could be Somali pirates. Anyway, so they killed them. So that's piracy. So who handled, who handled that? The U.S. Navy. So uh, did any of the bureaucrats take part in that? No. Okay. And the third crime is counterfeiting. And counterfeiting is handled by the Secret Service. So you need enough armed members of the Secret Service to take care of the counterfeiters. So again, maybe a few U.S. Marshals, uh, you know, a few, uh, you know, I guess probably several armed um, Secret Service people because they also protect the president and dignitaries and things like that. But that's it. Those are the only people that are constitutionally able to be armed. So no FBI, no CIA, not within the United States anyway. <laughs> you know, um, none of the agencies, none of the SWAT teams at the Department of Education, the weather folks, NOAA, you know, the, all the agencies that have uh, Social Security has their own SWAT team. What, people are going to literally steal somebody's retirements? Well, the government does that. It's called Social Security. That's another story. Uh, so of those 287,000 uh, armed federal bureaucrats who are designed for one thing, and that's to make war on us, I think we could probably get away with maybe 100 to 200, maybe 500. Well, that should be enough. You know, between the U.S. Marshals and Social Security – and uh, excuse me, <laughs> the U.S. Marshals and the Secret Service in order to handle traitors, uh, pirates, and counterfeiters – Maybe 100, 100 armed federal agents. That should be enough. Everything else is handled by the state and local uh, law enforcement, which can be huge because, you know, that's what the police powers are. Okay, a couple of bills I wrote here on um, Florida, and this is written for a, a legislative session before. It was a parent's bill of rights and improvements to the public health laws. And so uh, then I have uh, another one, the Illegal Alien Free Zone Act. This is going to be a big deal because I want to introduce, and I tried to introduce it to Peter Navarro when he was on the show, but the idea of civil asset forfeiture. And so the reason we have civil asset forfeiture uh, is to take stuff away from criminals so that there's no profit in crime. Now, for Americans, they were doing that before conviction, and you had to prove you weren't involved in the crime and get your stuff back. Otherwise, the police agency sold your stuff and took the profits and you know, bought more guns with it. Okay, that was illegal because Americans have rights. Fortunately, <laughs> uh, most people don't know this, but illegal aliens don't have rights in this country because legally they're not here. They can't be here. So – Rather than round them up, which is bad optics, the left wants to see, you can't round up all the illegal aliens. No, you don't have to. Just take their stuff. So whether by computer or it's going to be by computer. See, you have a massive computer asset forfeiture of all illegal aliens at the local, state, and hopefully someday federal level. You know, if you keep taking their stuff, they're not going to come here. They're going to go because they want their stuff. 
say, okay, we're going to put you, we're going to transport your stuff, you know, your money and things like that. We're going to put it in, in your home country. So if you want it, you got to go there. You got to get out of here. Um, that's a good one. Uh, and then we got the two big ones, liability restoration and big tech censorship. So those are very important. Other bills to let you know, uh, we have uh, the, the bill that I wrote with Dr. Zelenko on reforming, reforming the FDA. Uh, we actually have a, a, a breast implant information bill. There's a whole a bunch of women. Uh, we got four in particular that have been on the show twice now. Uh, it's something I never would have thought of in a million years to have legislation on, for obvious reasons, uh, breast implants. Because apparently there's some real dangers, some serious problems. And that's why, uh, that's why this is so important to deal with. Uh, fingerprint voter ID. Uh, Josie Cossier, our Latina reporter, she wrote that bill. That's a big one. Uh, a bill to uh, say that uh, none of your income uh, is, is taxed until you've earned your standard deduction. Why should you wait next year for money they shouldn't take this year? That's in there. Citizenship ID. You know, the, uh, your citizenship goes on your driver's license. So that actually made, would make it, you know, a valid ID for, for voting, of course, a lot, unless it was forged. But anyway, if you have a legitimate driver's license with, with a state that actually puts your citizenship on it, because citizenship is not private, it's public information. And we know that because when you come into the country, what do you do? You publicly declare your citizenship. It's public information. It's not a secret. So you can put it on the driver's license, and then you can require a driver's license for everything from, you know, renting an apartment, buying a house, getting a mortgage, starting a business, renting a car, having a bank account, a credit card, you know, sending your kids to school, all that kind of stuff. You can require proof of citizenship. Well, that would make it impossible for illegal aliens to live here. You wouldn't have to round anybody up because they couldn't do anything here. They wouldn't be able to have property because they would have asset forfeiture, and they wouldn't be able to do anything because they wouldn't be able to get an ID, a driver's license with their uh, citizenship on it. And if those certain states do have that, that's their problem. If California wants to you know, forge IDs or, or not have citizenship on it, great. All the illegal aliens go there. I left. I don't care. That's their problem. Then we've got Pianchi's bill, rules for election ballot requirements, requirements for ballot handlers, and counters for federal elections. Basically, Pianchi has a bill that separates um, ballots uh, into federal and state. Because a lot of state and local you know, places, they're allowing illegal aliens. They're not checking voting properly. And those illegals are voting for the feds, federal offices, Congress, you know, House, Senate, President, things like that. So Pianchi wants two sets of ballots. It's a great idea. Uh, I've got a bill that, that revokes uh, anchor baby birth fraud citizenship. It's not birthright, it's birth fraud. This would go back as far as the records will allow and the computers allow to correct the you know, wrongly given American citizenship to people because they were born here to either illegal alien parents, foreign parents, uh, parents on student visas, uh, or all kinds of things that don't qualify them for U.S. citizenship. So that's a huge correction measure. I get a bill to abolish judicial review. I'll explain that later. I get a bill that uh, mandates the judges tell the juries they can, uh, you know, uh, judge the laws as well as the facts of the case. It's directly opposite of what's happening now. We've got a campaign speech versus commerce, you know, contribution clarification act. I don't think I've ever mentioned this one. What this bill does is that it says that if you're a, if you're an individual contributor to a campaign, twenty-five bucks, hundred bucks, fifty bucks, whatever the individual limit is. That's free speech. However, if you're a major corporation giving soft money or a billionaire giving soft money to a campaign or black money, dark money, whatever it's called, well, that's, that's commerce because you're expecting a greater return on your investment in politicians and political campaigns for the money that you're putting in. Well, if it's commerce, it can be regulated. It's not free speech. So what this bill does is a brand new concept. It actually takes uh, campaigns and divides the contributions into commerce and free speech, individual contributions, 
whatever those are, the limited ones, the strictly limited, that's free speech because you're, you're advancing the ability of a, of a person running for office to say what you want said. You know, you're supporting somebody that says what you want to hear, that's, that's going to do what you want done. That's speech. They're engage, you're engaging in, in advancing speech. You're just advancing it for somebody else. But that's okay. That's still covered under the First Amendment. What's not covered under the First Amendment is commerce. Oh, yeah, there's a commerce clause. Um, and that's different. But and actually, well, now that I think of it, the commerce clause would allow those, regulation, those, those uh, donations, contributions to be regulated. Well, they're regulated anyway. But the idea that uh, George Soros or Bill Gates can give you know, half a million dollars to the Democrats you know, in soft money in, or, or, or the fact that um, Zucker, here's a good example. This is even a better one. Zuckerberg, who gave um, half a million um, to um, all these voting precincts to, to have the vote fraud. Well, of course, that's illegal anyway, but that should be listed as commerce. Big tech, in, when big tech censors, they're engaged in commerce. They're also bridging free speech. So you got them on two areas. Anyway, but the campaign contributions that are not individual should be regulated as commerce because they're, getting, they're trying to get a bigger return on their investment. Another one here, the American Education Taxpayer Act, Relief Act, excuse me. This is the act that overturns Plyler v. Doe. Plyler v. Doe is the bogus case out of the Supreme Court where they did something they had no power to do, and that's force Americans to illegal aliens' education. This bill would overturn that decision. Well, wait a minute, Greg. How, how can an act of Congress overturn a Supreme Court decision? Easy, <laughs> because we changed the law. See, the Supreme Court, believe it or not, actually has to follow the law. They can't make law. They can't make law. They can't make policy. They can't make regulation. They cannot decide a case contrary to law unless they find that law itself unconstitutional. And they can do that. That is a check on the legislature and on the executive. To, if the legislature passes laws that are blatantly unconstitutional, well, actually unconstitutional, and to the federal government, you know, if the executive takes actions or writes executive orders that are unconstitutional, the Supreme Court and the lower courts and judges can suspend those, okay, put injunctions on them. They can rule them unconstitutional, but that's all they can do. <laughs> okay? They cannot provide a remedy because all legislation comes from the, the legislature. It does not come from the courts. So the courts can decide cases, but they can't provide remedies. So they can say they can stop something, but they can't start something. This bill uh, very simply um, does that for this court case. So what the Congress, so the Congress all, all the Congress has to do is pass a law saying that no American taxpayer shall have money taken for the purpose of educating illegal aliens. Well, that case becomes moot then, unless the, unless the courts want to take it up again and somehow try to justify that the, that we can give that they can force parents to to give foreign aid. To illegal alien kids in our schools? Oh, good luck with that one. <laughs> That'd be fascinating. Go ahead, try that. Take that to the Supreme Court. See if it even gets there. So that's one of our bills. Illegal alien asset forfeiture. That's at the national level. I've talked about that. Um, Jonathan Mosley, our, our a legal reporter and an attorney, uh, has come up with a bill called Economic Recovery Receivables Liquidity Corporation Organization Act of 2020. So Jonathan, way back in 2020, wrote a bill to handle all the bankruptcies and the economic collapses and the potential bailouts and things from all the places they're going to go broke because of the COVID mandates. So when the COVID money runs out, you're going to see a whole string of bankruptcies. Well, we have a bill to cover that. It's right there. I'm looking at it. Okay. Next one. This one's one of mine. Florida Voter Registration Information Security Act. In the state of Florida, and perhaps other states as well, uh, once you register to vote, your name, address, <laughs> phone number, birthday, party affiliation, 
email address and other personal information that would constitute a data breach if a credit card company released it uh, goes online. And this is a problem. And so, uh, you know, and I'm not saying, saying anything that the people, uh, you know, the, the protesters and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all the other, you know, violent leftist groups don't already know. Okay, so they already know this, right? Um, but you don't know this, and this is why we need to do that. So this law, this bill would change that. It would take that information off the Internet. Now, of course, if law enforcement needs your information, sure, they can, you know, they can access it. They can get search warrants and go to a judge. No problem. So people that need to know your personal information should still be able to get it. I mean, that's how we stop crime, right, and stop terrorism. <laughs> you know, they have, law enforcement has to be able to investigate those things. But the fact that everybody's address is printed, you know, why do you think we had unlisted phone numbers when there were phone books? Because we didn't want our information out there in a book for everybody to see. Okay? That's the first part of the bill. The second part's even better. I didn't realize this at the time, but the second part's great. All voter registrations expire midnight, December 31st. All voter registration. So you have to renew your voter registration every year or probably every other year because, you know, you've, the only the big elections are the, are the midterms and the, um, and the presidential elections, except for special elections. So, yeah, maybe you want to do it every year. But the, or maybe should, this should uh, end every two years. So your voter registration is only good for two years. Well, your driver's license is only good for a year. You know, you've got to renew your tags. You've got to renew your, your, uh, your registration every year. So, and you have to pay for that. This is, this is free. <laughs> okay. So uh, no, I know you can't tie uh, voter registration to vehicle registration. No, that's, that's one of the problems. Anyway, so that's the second part of the bill. The third part I'm not sure about, but I'm going to leave it anyway. The third part of this bill says that if you gain, if it can be shown that you gained personal information online, that it enhances the penalty of your crime. But I think the first two are more important. Um, let's take a little break here. I got a few more uh, interesting bills in our collection of 27, and I'm going to go to specific bills. And then I've got a, uh, I also have, I'll probably start this in the next hour. Uh, and that is, that is a, a recording of a WEBY interview, the very first bill we wrote on the air with callers. It was it made mandatory, the citizenship question on the census. That bill went to Matt Gates. Matt Gates took it to Washington with uh, the House Freedom Caucus, uh, the White House, as far as I know. I know it went to the White House. I don't know where it went. And uh, they, they looked at it. You know, that's Action Radio. And I, I played Matt Gates' interview a little bit ago, but I want to play this interview so you, you get how that works. Anyway, got some stuff to uh, get your attention here. And uh, let me see if I can find what I want to start with here. Yeah, so if you want to sponsor us, um, this is how you do it. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener. And help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. 
you can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of my pillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws. My pillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio Live. inspiring music. I actually have a lot of uh, musical uh, things I've been sort of playing with my, my sound effects program and my music program. Uh, those are the things I usually put on productions. Uh, like, you know, when I do Joe Biden's Dark Winter and, and things like that. I'll play that one a little later, too. Um, but um, I'm going to do more. I, I found a bunch of classical things. So we're going to have little musical interludes to kind of break up our, our, our stuff. Otherwise, I think it's just you hear my voice too much. It gets kind of monotonous. It gets monotonous for me, too. <laughs> That's why I like to break things up. All right. So let's get back to our bills. 
And this is kind of fun. So top of the hour, I'll do something else. Haven't quite decided yet. Um, and the next hour, I don't know. I don't, you know. This is a purely improvised show today. I have no idea where I'm going to go with it. But we're just going to go with it and see what happens. Okay. So back to legislation. And these are bills that, again, this is a package of bills I put together last, uh, the uh, beginning of this year. And they've gone out in press conferences. They've gone out to all kinds of politicians. They've gone out to uh, media people. They've gone out to uh, just an amazing amount of folks. And have you heard about them? No. <laughs> Censored. See, I told you. So the problem is that uh, the people that are the loudest get the most recognition. And the more, rec- you know, the louder you are, the more recognition, the more your stuff gets published, the more it gets out there. So we're going to get there. It's just, it's just a question of time. All right. So here's the bill. This is written by one of our previous reporters um, who's probably working as an electrical engineer now, Anthony Nunez. And he wrote an act to increase the exercise and enjoyment of the Second Amendment. And so this, is, this comes from Title uh, 18, Section 241, which says it's a federal crime to oppress the exercise or enjoyment of any constitutional right, and it comes with fines and jail time. And so this is how you can enforce the Constitution you know, politicians and folks that break the Constitution, you know, police under Section 242, uh, different areas like that. If your, your constitutional rights are violated, you can actually, you know, have them arrested and prosecuted and then fined and jailed for violations of your rights. Most people don't know that, and it's, it's probably not used at all because most of those people who would, be do, who would be doing that would be government people, and the government is rather reluctant, as you've seen, to prosecute the government, unless, of course, it's Merrick Garland and the FBI KGB Justice Department going after Republicans or people that, you know, think differently than they do. So, you know, and the, the left is always, especially Obama, so people don't like people who don't look like them. No, that's not true. Most of us could not care one bit about people that don't look like us because none of us look exactly like each other. We've already gotten over that. <laughs> that. That's a long time ago. In fact, as kids, we didn't care. What the left objects to is people that don't think like them. So they keep focusing on people, they say, you know, who don't look like you. Well, they, none of us care about that. What the left cares about is people that don't think like them. And that's where the real discrimination is. It's ideological discrimination. It builds on that too. Anyway, one of the biggest areas of discrimination because the government wants to be able to scare the hell out of you and not have you do anything, you know, in response, no matter how tyrannical they get, is to try and take away the Second Amendment. So it's a good thing it's there. You know, I post in our Action Radio gun group, um, you know, if the Second Amendment were about duck hunting, then the ducks themselves would be armed. <laughs> That's not the case. They have to worry about it. It's a different thing. All right. So what this bill does is really kind of cool. Uh, it gives tax credits, tax deductions, and all kinds of incentives, uh, especially to lower-income folks to purchase, as the left would say, have access to quality firearms and ammunition. It also has uh, you know, reimbursements for, for hunting uh, license fees, range fees, training courses, all kinds of stuff, things like that. In other words, there'd be a tax advantage to exercising your Second Amendment rights. Oh, wouldn't that be a shocker? Okay, that's one. Another one, Financial Accountability and Public Disclosure Act of 2019. This is one of mine. And what this bill does... Uh, this is a bill that mandates a 30-day comment period for any budget bill over $100 million, which would be most of them. Okay? That figure might have to change. It might be a billion by the time we're done. But what it does is it mandates a, a comment period. So instead of backing into a, a pressure situation with um, uh, a budget about to end and a continuing resolution sitting there, and somewhere at 1 in the morning, you know, they, uh, you know Nancy Pelosi and uh, uh, Chuck Schumer – bring out a 2,000-page bill that nobody has time to read, and they have to vote on it by, like, you know, 4 in the morning. <laughs> well, here's the bill. We're voting on it, or 5 in the morning, whatever, whatever they start business. So no one has time to read it. They're too exhausted anyway. This is all a strategy, all right? Well, see, under this bill, you couldn't do that. It'd have to go for a 30-day comment period. Public comment. So that means people in media could go through whatever section they wanted of the 2,000 pages and write about it. People would actually see what's in these bills. 
before they passed. Oh, wouldn't that be a shock? And most important of all, the people who would get to read the bills would be the Congress themselves. And that's why that bill is so important. Here's another bill. This one's going to be controversial. And actually, ever since Roe v. Wade was fortunately um, not overturned, but basically, you know, corrected, you know, because the Supreme Court can't make rights. They, 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 can't, they can't add rights to the Constitution. That's not their function. If you amend the Constitution, you know, it has to go through an amendment process. Uh, the Supreme Court can't do that. So Roe v. Wade was never a legitimate decision. But I wrote a bill, I think a couple of years ago, maybe. It's called an act separating the termination of a pregnancy through abortion from the automatic termination of a life through abortion. So well, I should read that better. Breaking, separating, I probably read that wrong. I haven't read this bill for a bit. Separating the termination of a pregnancy through abortion. Starting again, Greg. Separating the termination of a pregnancy through abortion from the automatic termination of a life through abortion. There we go. Finally got it right. What this does is, it, see, the way it works now, and this is something I've never understood about abortion. You know, there's an, uh, the, you, the requirement of an abortion is that the, the baby's life be terminated. Well, that makes no sense. That's cruel and human and, you know, very much uh, what a totalitarian government would do. This makes no sense to me, right? So even, if, you know, the whole pro-choice, pro-life argument, you, you, why would you do that? You know, if you're, going to, if you're going to terminate a pregnancy, why do you have to kill the baby? Now, I understand terminating a pregnancy. There are probably reasons for that. You know, there might be health reasons, you know, and of course the baby can go for, uh, you know, the, you know, mom and dad can keep it or mom can keep it or dad can keep it or the family or however you want to do this. You know, but the, the, there are places where the baby can go. But why do you kill the baby? This is the part I don't understand. So what this bill does is it separates abortion into two separate acts under law. The first act is the termination of the pregnancy only, not the baby, the pregnancy. The second part is that the first part can only be done if you can save the life of the baby. Okay, now does that mean, you know, that, that you still can't be pro-choice and not keep the baby? Of course. Adoption, you know, state care, women can drop babies off at fire stations. You know, safe havens are called. They have that in California. I don't know if that's if nationwide. But the whole point is that if you separate the link between abortion um, and killing the baby, you know, abortion then becomes a termination of pregnancy, which is an entirely different argument, an entirely different law. And, that's, and I actually work with a lot of uh, conservative women on this because obviously this is, I'm a guy, right? You know, so I talk to women and mothers, you know, and, uh, and this is fascinating, the, the, the folks that helped me put that bill together. So that was a very much a collaborative effort. Here's another big bill, the Welfare Elimination Act. This is a friend of mine, Chris Barra, who I'm trying to get back on the show. He's been sort of absent for a while. This is a big bill. Okay, so he wrote the end of welfare. He's got a 25-year program to completely get everybody off welfare and eliminate the system. See, that's the kind of thing we need. And how would he do that? Well, because he's a wealth management expert. He's got like a master's uh, in wealth management. So this one's a fairly large bill, but it's, it's a complete system for getting rid of welfare. All right. Here's another one, the Congressional Oversight Electronic Storage and Approval Act. This is a bill that says that everything that the, the, uh, the regulators and the bureaucrats create in terms of emails, memos, documentation, anything that they do uh, is recorded uh, not only in that agency, but also in a big electronic storage vault in Congress. See, the problem is now Congress says we want to document on, you know, uh, Ray Epps. <laughs> Let's just pick Ray Epps, for example. And the FBI says, well, we can't release that because that concerns uh, sources and methods. And, uh, you know, that might uh, show that we're traitors and uh, we might commit perjury if we say that he's not involved. You know, I mean, obviously, I made that last part up. But the point is that the FBI can stonewall for years. And what's Congress going to do? Nothing. They have no power. This act would change that because it would set up an electronic storage vault 
you know, for Congress to be able to review the things that they've subpoenaed. Not that they could review everything. No, that would then there'd be no way for the the uh, the executive branch agencies to operate independently. However, if they subpoena something, if they require something for oversight, and the agency for any reason says, "Nope, not going to give it to you. You you can't take a look at that. We're going to maintain our secrecy in our kingdom," this act would say, "Okay, fine. We'll just go to our storage vault." Make a request to the managers of the storage vault, you know, for it's like a search warrant, you know, the documents you're looking for or, or the related documents in a certain area and that Congress would have access to them immediately. Well, that would solve all the stonewalling problem and the Freedom of Information Act. Well, Freedom of, in, Freedom of Information Act is for us. That's a different kind of thing. That's what that act would do. And the last one is from my friend and who has passed on uh, in August, Dr. Peter Pry. So Peter Pryor wrote a bill, a model state bill to protect any state electrical transmission grid system. So one of the things that uh, Dr. Pryor was an expert on uh, was EMP, electromagnetic pulse. That's a nuclear weapon detonated over your electric power grid that shorts out the whole system and cancels the grid. No electricity, none. It's gone. Okay. We're vulnerable to that right now, but there's a way around it. You can harden the grid and it's not that expensive. You know, it probably costs less than the money we've already donated to Ukraine for a war that never should have happened if we hadn't supplied all the arms to Ukraine. They would have forced a negotiated settlement. See, this is, this is how wars end really quickly. If you have one side with overwhelming military force and one side with very little force, there's no reason to invade. Okay, so because, you know, in Sun Tzu, art of war, right? If one side's incredibly powerful and the other side's incredibly weak, there's no reason to invade. It would be a slaughter. So you negotiate, right? You negotiate for what you want. And, of course, then you can bring in the, the other Eastern European countries, the U.N., NATO, whatever you want. I don't care. As long as it, you know, but because we funded, because Brandon funded all these weapons, billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, you know, that actually caused the war, now there's a slaughter on both sides. See, countries go to war when they have equal power. Countries don't go to war when there's overwhelming power on one side because there's overwhelming power. The other side can't do anything. So that would, be the, that would have been the proper thing to do was to, to not you know, uh, benefit Ukraine uh, or not give to Ukraine hundreds of billions of dollars worth of weapons and force a negotiated settlement. That would have been the way to settle this thing. You know, and it's an internal problem anyway. And then let them figure it out. It's their problem. It's not our problem. Anyway, if, if Russia detonates a, a nuke overhead of our electric power grid and takes us out because we funded Ukraine so heavily, now it's our problem. <laughs> It's really our problem because we, we won't have an electric power grid. And this, this show would immediately start sh- short circuit. You wouldn't hear it anymore. So that's something to think about. Okay. So, so those are the bills. Those are the 27 citizen bills to rock 2022. All right. Let me see what I want to do here. Oh, talk about Russia. Talk about that. Talk about. Oh, here's a, we. Yeah, I, I could go by the hour. I could just, you know, I'm going to make things very arbitrary here. So, and last, a couple of things I want to talk about in my notes for, for opening comments here. I'm curious what happens after the election. So we're all talking about up to the election, but nobody's going to tell you what's happening after. So after the election, if the Republicans actually take charge of Congress, they're going to have to vote for a new Speaker of the House. That's the first thing they'll do. If they vote for Kevin McCarthy, it's already over. Uh, nothing will happen. He's the deep state operative. Congress is dead. You might as well wait for 2024. Uh, if, they appoint, uh, if they vote for somebody else, well, there's a hope. But you still got Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and so he might actually be a majority leader. He should be majority leader now because there are 50 Republicans and 48 Democrats. Most people don't know that. Well, what are the other two? Well, they're independents, which means they're not Democrats. But, Greg, they caucus with the Democrats. I don't care. You know, caucusing with somebody 
uh, is not the same thing as being somebody. You know, you, you can talk to the Democrats. It doesn't make you a Democrat. You have to register as one. Then you're a Democrat. Same thing with these folks. If they want, if they want to, you know, they can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be an independent and also be counted as a Democrat. That's, that's uh, extra representation. That's doubling your representation. No, it doesn't work that way. But Mitch McConnell never pushed for that because he's a gelding. So not only does he have a majority in the Senate, 50 to 48, you know, which uh, even if you counted those two uh, independents as, as, Repo- as Democrats, that's still 50-50. All the committees should have co-chairs, one Republican, one Democrat, and equal members of both parties on every committee. Should have had that. Oh, Kamala Harris. Well, she's a Democrat. Well, she, you know, they said, well, because she's a Democrat and she can break ties, then the Democrats have a majority. Well, that's BS, too, because she's not a member of the Senate. She comes in in a tie when there is a final passage vote between the House and the uh, or, or, or excuse me, not the House, but within the Senate when, when she needs to come in to break a tie within the Senate. But she's still not a member of the Senate. She's still she's the vice president. Well, she's not the vice president, but you know what I mean. The vice, let's say the vice president would come in, and that's what they would do. They would take care of that. But they're not a member of the Senate. So you can't count them in, when, when, in terms of committees and things like that. But because McConnell is such a gelding, he's so um, obedient to his Democrat masters, he doesn't do that. Again, why should we vote for them? Still haven't given me a reason. All right, let me, um, I guess I'm good for like an hour. <laughs> you know I'm chatting before I have to, I want to break it up and just uh, do some other things for you. So let me, uh, let me have a little fun. Play some of my, uh, my, my more interesting pieces here. So this one, this is one, this is probably one of my most controversial, but I like it anyway. Uh, let me see if I can find my uh, January white sale. Uh, here we go. So <laughs> this is one of those pieces that I made during the, the lockdowns of 2020 when I was bored. And so, although you might think it's, uh, you know, the, in fact, I got accused of racism over making this. It's really making fun of white liberals. If you listen to it, that's the target. If you don't listen to it, then you'll make up whatever you want. And I can't do anything about that. So let me have some fun. And I'll see you back here in about three minutes. Here it is, America. The answer to riots, brutality, and all our racial problems. The return of the January white sale. Are you a guilt-ridden white person? Are you a person of no color? Do you want to finally assuage that guilt for slavery, the Civil War, the KKK, and black people sitting at the back of the bus? Well, here is your long-awaited answer. The Black Lives Matter Department of Reparations has come up with the perfect solution, the return of the January white sale. Now, in years past, this was a big deal. After Christmas, sheets, towels, pillowcases, and other white linens were sold with their biggest discount of the year. In today's new normal world, however, things are going to be very different because Black Lives Matter is changing the original white sale, and now they are actually going to be auctioning off and selling white people. You, white, guilt-ridden, ashamed of your whiteness, complete cowards, bowing your heads, kneeling, raising your hands like at a revival meeting, you, you with your eyes cast down, you whimpering liberals hoping to buy your way out of a debt of guilt that can never be fully repaid because no leftist of color wants you to. You, you will have the chance to experience what no black person experiences in the United States today. Slavery. Yeah, that's right. Slavery. Isn't this great? You will be on the cutting edge of social justice and you will save the taxpayers some $14 trillion of reparations national debt. Black Lives Matter has gone to a lot of trouble to erase our history and remake society so guilty white people can finally feel free of their white supremacy. George Soros and Bill Gates have already created the Venture Capital Fund to establish Race Bait Consulting, Incorporated, which will be handling the actual white person sale in January. 
So, who is available for purchase? Oh, and part of the deal is that white people can't be bought by other white people. That would defeat the whole theme of the event. Anyway, to the question. Your basic rifle on the pickup truck, racist, sexist, Islamophobe, Neanderthal, redneck male is probably not going to sit around and be put in an auction, even if they will be well cared for by their new owners. What we will have available are liberal, surrendering, drilling man metrosexuals and emotionally distraught and disillusioned feminists, both of whom have already knelt before a designated agent of Black Lives Matter to confess their white privilege. So how do you guilt-ridden white people sign up for the January white sale? It's easy. Contact your local chapter of Black Lives Matter, show up at a rally with a flag saying, take me for the January white sale, or simply sign up at the next mass kneeling confession of white privilege coming to a neighborhood near you. The new January white sale is made possible by a grant from Racebait Industries, Incorporated, and put on by the new normal, new improved Black Lives Matter. See the phone we have here? <laughs> ah, Piaki's going to join us. Let's see... Uh... See what's going on. Yes, I'm digging into my uh, my sarcastic uh, satire pieces, and I think I'm going to uh, uh, make more of them because <laughs> they're fun. I haven't done them for a while. Hey, Bianchi, how you doing today? Well, I, I'm co- I come to the sh- to the sale. Am I in the right place? You are in the right place. Would you like to buy a white person? Yes, uh, I like to have one with red hair. Okay. And about five foot eight. In about 175 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Male or female? Well, for this particular job, I wanted to be a male because I've got to paint the top of the flagpole. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, and so let me think about it. Yeah. So the sale's not until January, so you can put your request in now. In fact, we do have a waiting list. And so if you'd like to, uh, to pre, uh, pre-do this. Now, do you plan to do the auction, or would you like to put in a bid ahead of time? I'm going to submit my closed bid okay, and hopefully get there before the deadline. Well, that's a good idea, too. Okay. Just a couple more questions, then I'll be able to fill out your request. Uh, do you have, like, a second choice? Do you have an alternate in case we can't find, uh, you know, a person that meets your criteria? Yes, I want a second one because okay. I have two flagpoles. Oh, okay. That sounds good. All right. Uh, and you're going to well care for these these people and, and, you know, have a decent contract for the sale. And then uh, uh, how long do you plan to keep them for it? Do you have a release date or is this an indefinite contact, contract indeterminate? We're for at, least a, for at least a month and we'll have lobster and steak dinner mm. and everyone will be very, very happy. Okay. Well, that sounds good. So they as have long to as you learn how care, to re- go ahead. They have to learn how to recite the midnight ride of Paul Revere. That's something very precious. Mm. Okay, so you're going to educate your slaves? Yes, we are. So you're breaking tradition then, if you're going to do that. I mean, slaves traditionally don't need an education because what's the point if you're a slave, right? Well, nobody never came by my house. Mm, That's true. Okay. Well, well, that sounds good. All right, I'll put you down. (laughs) I'm just wondering how long How's everything going? Uh, First of all, can you imagine if people tuned into the show for the first time and heard us talking about, you know, buying slaves? That would be hysterical. So just to let you know, folks, there's nothing that's off limits here as long as it's uh, um, not violent or, you know, well, you know, we, uh, they say overtly racist, but I thought it was just funny. I'm doing well. It's, it's, Thursdays are going to be tough for a while until I build up a new uh, a group of reporters because we had the doctor's panel and that was so successful and so 
intense with the people that we had. You know, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Ben, Thor- ben Marble, Jim Thorpe, uh, Brian Artis. You know, we had guests, uh, doctors, you know, Molly James, Angela Farella, uh, Christina Northrup. We had uh, Brandon House from Lindell TV, you know, Gregory Wrightstone from the CO2 Coalition, coalition comparing uh, COVID and, and uh, climate change lies. That was really fascinating. Uh, and I'm going to put all those links together uh, at some point into one you know, big email if anybody wants or one big file that I can send out. You know, the 18 you weeks of the Jim world's greatest Thorpe? doctors panel. Beg your pardon? Did you say Jim Thorpe? Yeah, Dr. Jim Thorpe. He's the world's greatest wonder, baby doc. I wonder if he's related to the athlete uh, decades ago. I think Remember I asked him at one Jim point. Thorpe? Yeah, no, Jim Thorpe, and I, I would say no, because Jim Thorpe was American Indian, and I don't think this Jim Thorpe, the one that's here, he's local. He's local in the, the Pensacola area here in Florida. Uh, oh. I don't think they're related. I think the name is spelled differently, too. Didn't Jim Thorpe, the athlete, spell his name with an E? Because this Jim Thorpe doesn't. It's G-H-O-R-P. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm just listening to the sound how the name is pronounced. No, it sounds well. It's the same sound. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that our our, our Wednesday wellness women. Remember uh, Chancey Terry and uh, Lindsay Horton and uh, Paige Ward. They work with Jim. I think it's a company called Energetics. And so give them a little plug right there. So yeah. So um, we'll get them back. We'll have more stuff. But uh, you know that's another big thing too. Wednesdays. You know, so we have a, a sort of a big gap in Wednesdays too. So we've lost a lot of reporters to go on to do other things. Captain Tom Stewart was with us. I never expected him to stay a long time. I was just grateful for every week he did come here. Uh, the Wednesday wellness women I was hoping would stay around longer. But again, you know, life changes, things come up. Uh, who else? Uh, Jim, Jim Dykes is a real loss Fridays. So Jim has to, uh, he's, he's changed jobs. He's not able to do the show anymore. So you look at all the folks that have gone, you know, and uh, Heather Strickland, our rebel, our rebel keto. Say that again? I'm sorry. You don't want to sit in the same classroom forever. So it's good mm-hmm. that they go on. Oh, I don't mind people moving on. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. The only real constant is me and probably you. <laughs> you know, but, um, but as far as it goes, no, I have no problem with this. I mean, I'm just grateful for the time that people spend with us. So it's, uh, you know, well, yeah, I'm surprised. Go ahead. It's election season and people got to get out and vote. Yeah. And vote early and vote often and carry on. <laughs> well, did you, read changed... about the, did you read about the Rubio canvasser that was attacked? Uh, actually, I, we, I, we actually talked about this off the air a little bit. I have not read it. I've prepped a bunch of other stuff for the show today. Why don't you uh, tell me about that one? I think I've got this that article. Hialeah, Hialeah, Florida. That's, I yep. maybe you may know where it is. Hialeah? No, I'm not sure. I think it's near Miami, but I'm not sure. So, so what happened? Well, you had a canvasser, a young white male that was canvassing the neighborhood, passing out informational material. And he looked, and there stood uh, two other males, one black, one white, and they started harassing him. Even he tried to get off the sidewalk and go around him. You heard of that before, have you? Oh yeah. And. Uh, yeah. That's Jesse Jackson's yeah. big thing, yeah. yeah. Cross the street when you see black people. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was the the a black person that was uh, the black attacker that uh, caused that. And they started beating on him just because he's a Republican. They say mm-hmm. Republicans can't come in here, come on this street, or come down here. And these, 
Mm -hmm. He ended up getting a dog out of his car and sticking the dogs on. You heard that before, too, have you? Not uh, specifically. Yes, I can't think of a specific incident, but, yeah, not surprised. Yeah, Alabama. What happened there? I was Alabama during when they sick the dogs on the kids that was demonstrating, the black kids that oh. was demonstrating the bull wow. Connor and the water holes, farmers' water holes. But the well, I have heard of that, yeah. Well, but here's what's interesting. You know, I talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, you can you can confirm uh, or, or tell me what you think. But uh, it seems like you know the left always focuses on what people look like. You know, they don't say, well, you know, Obama is always fond of saying, well, you, you know, people. Don't like people that don't look like them. And I have no idea what that means. It's one of the most ridiculous statements I've ever heard because nobody looks like me exactly. Nobody looks like you exactly. People are all different ages, sexes, two of them, you know, uh, height, color, everything, ethnic background, language, the whole bit. So nobody's like anybody else. We're all unique. So the idea that people feel that they have to be with people who look like them is a meaningless statement. And yet for the left, they don't want people who don't think like them. So they, they discriminate on ideology, which is why I wanted to make ideology part of the civil rights. Uh, Civil Rights Act, but that's a huge thing. They are obsessed with people that don't think like them. Not only do they want to hurt them, uh, in many cases they probably want to kill them. You know, and you look what's going on. Yeah. Uh, look at the, the the baseball assassin. And the left promotes this mm-hmm. baseball assassin. Yeah. Yes, you're right. No, no, these no the the Republicans were playing baseball and a guy came out and tried to shoot them. Remember when? Uh, and, oh, uh, you mean that incident at the softball game? Yes, you're yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Remember when Scalise almost died? Uh, is it Anthony Scalise? I've forgotten his name. Anyway, the, 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 the so House Republican weird. whip. That was so you know? horrific. So horrific yeah. for that to happen. But that's, like that. that's not isolated. You know, you just had Lee Zeldin. No, it's not. By, they don't talk about you know? it. Yeah. Well, they, they, don't, they, don't con- they don't condemn it. You know, if, uh, if that got as much press and as much worldwide attention as George Floyd got, it'd be a different thing. The left condones and promotes violence against people that disagree. You look at all of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They're dedicated to violence against people that disagree with them. That's the whole purpose for, for mm-hmm. being. And they're funded with billions of dollars. You look at uh, Lee Zeldin, who was attacked by uh, that crazy guy. Tried to slice his throat. You know? So there's another incident. And he, in fact, Lee had a couple of people uh, shooting each other in his front yard while his kids are at home doing homework. So, so attacks against Republicans. You look at Maxine Waters. Said, go ahead. Push back on them. Get a crowd. Commit violence. So the she left encourages violence. A lot of incidents occur after her. Yeah. Still going on. You know, I wouldn't doubt if some of these shooters had uh, heard school shooters may have heard uh, her saying such things. Sure. Uh, you have seen a lot of uh, people get. The police in Hialeah, Florida, arrested the second suspect for alleged assault on a canvasser for Senator Marco Rubio, Republican Florida. It took place just this past Sunday. And according to an arrest affidavit obtained by the Fox News Digital, Jonathan Alexander Casanova joined Javier Lopez in attacking the canvasser. <clears throat> the document went oh, so, on to so note that crime. the canvasser told police it should be. Police told, told, told police that Casanova told him he could not pass through the area because he was a Republican. So, yes, that sounds like a hate crime to me. Mm-hmm. So we got discrimination, we got harassment, we got assault. What's that? I, oh, I know well, what's going on here. A lot of this no, I'm hearing, hang on, I got to uh, do something. 
There we go. I pulled up a I pulled up your article. And this I did. Mm-hmm. This Fox video started playing in my headset. Because <laughs> it was Fox News. Rubio canvasser attacked. Yeah. So uh, I heard something. I thought, what is going on with my radio? That's what happened. You, you guys didn't hear it, but I heard it. Um, so, so this is not only hate crime. Now, it's interesting. You've got, you've got a black and a Hispanic male attacking a white guy. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's why, you know, I mean, you think about that. So, so, so they're, first of all, they, they hate white people. That's the first thing. And they hate Republicans. And, uh, this, is the, and this should be international news. This is a hate crime. It's, it's actually, a, you know, you know what else a, it is? Half a what is? It's voter suppression. It's voter suppression. You're absolutely right. Where's the FBI? Anytime that yeah. you're out canvassing or participating, anything that has to do with voting, mm-hmm. then that's a federal crime. So and also, just, look, also, wait a minute, don't stop there. It says okay. that the witness did pull Casanova off of the, uh, the victim's name is Monzoon, M-O-N-Z-O-N. Mm-hmm. And then Casanova released two German shepherds from his car and walked them over to Monzoon, who was on the ground, on the ground, and began to give commands to the dog to attack and, quote, unquote, bite him. So now we've got uh, assault with a deadly weapon. We can add that to the charges. Yes. Contribute to the delinquency of a German shepherd. <laughs> well, animal cruelty. I, I, where's PETA? You know, if you train a dog to attack and kill. That's I mean, right. Police dogs, are, police dogs are trained to attack and hold. I don't know what they train these dogs to do. Well, you know, it's a funny thing you mentioned. You mentioned one thing you mentioned about police law because in Chicago, Mm -hmm. what comes out of there is that police are no longer allowed to chase after suspected criminals. Hmm. And I got to think, and I say, well, how would it work out with a police dog? Hmm. Wait a minute. Don't black people hate dogs? That's what I've heard. There's a prejudice for you. They probably say you can't do it because black people don't like dogs. There's an innate yeah. fear or something like that. Have you heard that? I, I don't know where that came from. Probably from. Well, that comes back from the. From the that South? comes from back from Alabama, Birmingham. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. But I think police dogs would be the perfect way to to chase and hold the subject. A, they're faster than people. You know, you get some pudgy they donuts from cops that can't run. Yeah. Yeah, they don't carry guns. So, it's, especially if they're trained to attack and hold, you know, keep down. You know, stand on somebody's chest and just growl. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but that uh, you send in the dogs. Now they're, they're military dogs, which are different. I mean, the dog that went in to get uh, Baghdadi before he blew himself up. Remember Conan? Mm-hmm. So the military dogs are different, but the police dogs are trained to attack and hold. As far as I know, I mean, I could be wrong. Call me up. You know, uh, get on live chat. You know, anybody who knows about police dogs, somebody does. But that's a fascinating crime. So, so all the elements of crime, you've got discrimination, you've got prejudice, you've got bigotry, you've got voter suppression, you've got a hate crime, you've got assault with a deadly weapon, you've got a conspiracy to oppress rights. There's Title uh, 18, Section 241. It's, it's, uh, they've oppressed the, the exercise or enjoyment of voting rights. So there's another. That's, that's uh, 10 years in jail and a $10,000 fine right there. So you've got all these different things. And yet, this isn't a major story. Fox you know, was the place that reported it. But this is huge. So where are the geldings? Where's the gelding old party saying, look, you want saying everything that we're saying, 
They should hold it. They should be holding a massive press conference right now, saying this is voter suppression. This is this is assault with a deadly weapon. This is all the things we're saying. This is a hate crime. But they don't do that because they're geldings, and this is why they're going to lose. They're not going to lose the election. More people are going to vote for Republicans, but they're going to they're going to lose in the sense that they're not going to take power. They're going to get power, but they're not going to take it. That's my biggest fear. Hmm. And every day they prove. Well, it. that's just. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Hmm. If you don't do you have think I Jar Reed and, yeah. you don't See, that's, have that's... Reed and Jamel Hill mm-hmm. uh, complaining of Hispanic support for Governor DeSantis, you've got something going on with the view when Ted Cruz appears there and the people in the crowd just uh, disrespectfully and assaultively shouts him down, tries to anyway. Wait a minute, Ted Cruz is Hispanic. That's that's a you know it's something else. You know it's something else. Whoopi Goldberg has to tell the crowd that they will have to get out. It must really be bad. So what did, what did Whoopi Goldberg say? I'd love to get her on the show. Actually, that that'd be kind of fun, <laughs> just to be able to uh, you know have the kind of uh, crazy debate. She's probably one of the most intelligent people there, but she still argues the leftist line, and I'm not sure. You know, I know she believes it, but it's just there's something, something kind of strange about it. Anything else in this article you want to cover? Because you, you found a good one. That's about it. I mean, it's okay. just disgusting. This poor yeah. man's laying up in the ICU mm-hmm. with all sorts of disfigurations on his face. And, you know, he's in serious condition. And mm-hmm. I want to see the Justice Department to apply hate crimes on these persons. Yep. These two individuals that attacked him. It was really, really sad. Well, it's a civil rights violation, yeah. So not only is it hate crime, it's a civil rights violation. It's a voter suppression act. If you can't canvass, if you can't campaign for your person, it's a First Amendment violation. It's, it's definitely suppression. Because now how many other people are going to go to that neighborhood? It has a chilling effect, as the courts say. It has a chilling effect on anybody that they now have to decide what neighborhoods they can go into. So the Republicans now have to decide, are they going to send a white guy into a neighborhood where potentially they're going to be a victim of a hate crime for being a white Republican. Remember that story we did just yesterday on Christian nationalism? Yes. That whole thing? Okay. Well, that's what this is. So the left creates these issues with people that white Christian males are the enemy. White Christian male MAGA Republicans. Look at all the things that the propaganda that, uh, you know, Brandon was spewing out and all the things coming out of Hillary Clinton and all the things coming out of the left. They keep drumming this drumbeat in that white Christian males, conservatives, you know, MAGA, which stands for Make America Great Again, which is why they never say it, because they don't want America to be great. They want America to be communist. And so they keep saying this stuff, and people pick up on it. The crazy people pick up on it. And they think they're doing the right thing. They think they're doing a public service. That's the crazy part. You know, and, uh, well, here's an interesting question. The, these, these assassins that go shoot schools, have they ever gone to a predominantly black public school? I don't think so. Well, you had one here in St. Louis the other day at Cleveland Vision Performing Arts, which is the old Southwest High School. They're uh-huh. on uh, South Kings Highway, and I think that's Arsenal. And this black kid who graduated last year, he went in and started shooting. I think he shot four. No, I heard about that. I didn't, first of all, I didn't know. Now, that's interesting. We didn't hear that it was a black kid that was the assassin. Yes, it was. That's Didn't they report that on the news? No, I feel funny sorry thing about for that. the kids, man. 
Why he had mental still, problems. Friend of mine, friend of mine, had to go get his granddaughter before the police oh, wow. got there. Actually, wow. So, but the but he fortunately he only killed two people. He could have killed a lot more probably. Well, what's the? Do you know the person? I mean, I don't like to give their name out just because I don't want to give them fame. I don't know the but, shooter, no. But I was saying that a friend of mine, granddaughter, called him, and he had to go get her. Wow. She was waiting outside. And this is before the police arrived? Yeah. He was uh, probably three miles away. So how long did the police take to get there? They say eight minutes, but uh, I don't know. So did they have a school resource officer? Did they have a police officer in the school? I couldn't tell you right offhand. Interesting. I know the school because I, was, I went to a high school not too far from there. We used to play them in baseball. They hell a hell of a baseball team. <laughs> the performing arts people? South St. Louis is all white. <laughs> so you, South St. Louis is all white, but now the demographics has changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, they never reported they, was, uh, they left out the fact that the, 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 the kid that did this, well, 19-year-old, he's an adult, but uh, the assassin in that school uh, was black. They said he was 19. He was a former student. Uh, they said a bunch of stuff about him, but they never said he was black. You know, and that's just that's, they never do. They never do. Yeah. Now, are we highlighting this for for a particular reason? Yeah, we're highlighting it because of what the news says. Not the you know this isn't uh, this is news racism. This is this is omission because you know if it was a white student, <laughs> you know, and this is why it's important because if it were a white Christian nationalist that they would call him. You know, it'd be a different story. Here's something interesting, too. The case, uh, the, um, the jury up in um, Minnesota convicted the SUV assassin, the guy that drove into the people in the parade, on all 72 yeah. counts. All 72 counts. Now, if the judge were, were smart, they'd make those sentences consecutive. You know, he's, he's got six life terms, mandatory life in prison which to me it should be called death in prison because that's what it is. Well, you know, you had this, I mean, it just goes on and on with this lack of justice or equity in financing. You take uh, Ethan Lyman, mm-hmm. who was beat to death outside the school founded by LeBron James down there in Akron, Ohio. Interesting. He was white, and his three attackers were black. But the news describes them as the three men Mm-hmm. Beat Lyman to death, and later bragged about it to friends. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You had the service yeah. arrest three men. Isn't this something else? How they describe it now? If him being white, if it was uh, him attacking them, it was been a white male, probably Trump supporter attacked three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, they always say when it's a Republican. Yeah, they always say a Republican. They never say a Democrat. So Democrat engages in a sex scandal. You know, you never hear that it's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. That's left out. So the narrative, you know, uh, everybody knows George Floyd is black. Everybody knows Rodney King. Nobody knows, you know, that um, that assassin in the school is. So it all depends on if if it's a victim. The race is always given to the victim. The race is never, not always given to the perpetrator unless the race of the perpetrator fits the narrative. So it's a very strange thing. Anyway, let's, um, I want to get, this is sort of like a legislative day. We really haven't done one for a while. Do you want to talk about your bill and explain that one? 
Well, I was explaining to someone yesterday, it's a, a bill that I think that uh, because there's you never will get parity between mm-hmm. the countries, all the countries, but should say all the states, when it comes down to elections. And we see that that's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying that uh, when I wrote a bill that uh, says that the federal ballots, when you go into polling booths, you go in the polling place, you can be presented with either a federal ballot or a ballot that contains the other issues pertaining to the local or the uh, the state. And based on Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution, I think that those ballots should be separate and go about a vetting process for the federal ballot. Uh, if you got some local municipalities, that want to allow and permit illegals to vote, well, you can't, it's very difficult to stop that. But the federal ballot, Congress can set the guidelines. Yeah. Illegals too, yes. But I mean, it's illegal for illegal aliens to vote. I mean, it just is. You, only citizens can vote. And that doesn't mean that uh, local districts can say, well, we're going to let illegals vote in our local elections. No. That's not legal. That's not legal. Only well, citizens can the vote. ITM number. Yeah. You get the I-10 number, you can get a home mortgage, and mm-hmm. when they close on that house, they just take those closing papers down to the local red, mm-hmm. the voters' registration, and uh, voila, they're able to vote. Well, see, we need, uh, we've talked about asset forfeiture before, so um, I haven't written the bill specifically on that, but let me. I've got a bunch of bills that I was going over. Let me see if I can pull back my, uh, my thing here, because I wrote one on civil asset forfeiture for – where'd it go? Well, this is no fun. Something happens when I start rearranging my screen. Sometimes I have to do the show and click buttons at the same time, so stuff happens. <laughs> there we go. All right, so now we're back. So this is something, because remember when we played the, the Megan Barth um, interview from, from my second week at WEBY back in 2017, and she talked about the ITIN number, and that was back when there was only a $20 trillion debt. Now we have a $31 trillion debt. But we talked about these things. And she, she's the one that first alerted me to this. And apparently uh, Katie Grimes, who was a friend of mine, investigative reporter in California, was working with her. So I wrote a bill for Florida, for our, our little county here, which can be done at the state level. It can even be done at the federal level. And very simply, what it says is, uh, this is every, all the bills we're talking about come from writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. And this is called the Santa Rosa County, uh, Florida, Illegal Alien Free Zone Act of 2021. And let me give you the introduction so you know why I did what I did. It says here that illegal aliens present a dangerous, costly, and completely preventable criminal, financial, employment, and other burdens upon the lawful citizens and legal immigrants of Santa Rosa County, Florida. As illegal aliens are criminals simply by being in the country illegally and therefore our county illegally, all that need be established to assess civil asset forfeiture penalties is to verify their non-citizenship status. Anyone not a U.S. citizen permanent resident or temporary visa status uh, or legal tourist, uh, excuse me, on temporary visa status or a legal tourist is unlawfully in the country. Citizenship is public information declared every time one registers um, to vote, enters or leaves the U.S. and many other necessary declarations. Citizenship is routinely checked and declared at the county level. The massive influx of illegal aliens crossing our now non-existent southern border, many of whom are heading for Florida, and aided by our own federal government and various NGOs, non-government organizations, creates a real emergency for Florida. 
Therefore, to protect our state and our county, Santa Rosa County shall be declared an illegal alien-free zone. Signs to this effect shall be posted at the main road entrances to the county. This ordinance shall be enforced countywide. It is our sincere hope that every county in Florida and counties across the United States will use this legislation as a model to make their jurisdiction free of illegal aliens. And that's just the introduction. Sound interesting? I think Pianchi's muted himself again. Yes, right. Something is very interesting stuff should be done. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting about this, too. I wrote this September 13th with a friend of mine, uh, David Jones, who's occasionally on the show, uh, works for Santa Rosa Volunteers. And so we wrote this almost over a year ago, September 13th, 2021. The county, Santa Rosa County, the county commissioners have not touched this bill. They know there are illegal aliens in our county. Josie knows especially there are illegal aliens where she works in Escambia County, which is the next county over, which is bigger. That's where Pensacola is. There's a big illegal alien community forming in Escambia County. They should have this bill too. These are conservative areas. These are military-dominated areas, both active duty and retired. Why is this not being taken up? Why is nobody even considering creating illegal alien-free zones? I mean, this goes back to the problem of the geldings. We've got gelding you know, county commissioners. We've got gelding city councils. The obvious solution is right here. You seize property, make it impossible for people to live here, and they will go somewhere else. What am I missing? What do I, you know, how is this not getting through to our elected officials? You know, besides the fact that people aren't sharing it like they should. That's the biggest problem. Like being in the kitchen when the heat is turned up. Time to get out. Yeah. Well, we need more heat. <laughs> we need a lot more heat. So this is the next phase of our operation here. So we've got the bills. We've got the, uh, the good stuff done. We've got the show. And, you know, I know how to do it. You know, uh, we know how to comment on things. We know how to present the news. We know how to run investigations. We know how to do everything except get the marketing done. You know, and if that requires a budget or that, that requires ins- inspiration or a change in attitude. But for whatever reason, you know, this show is not going viral. Now, granted, we have huge depression on social media. I understand that. But even so, why would anybody not want to share a bill creating an illegal alien-free zone to keep illegal aliens out of our county and cut our costs, cut our risks, cut our crime? cut our people on the roads, you know, cut our competition for, for jobs, you know, cut, all, cut, you know, cut the, the, uh, the extra space in schools taken up by these people. Why wouldn't that be a huge priority? Well, gonna, I don't understand. I'm going to pass the bill. I'm going to pass that bill on to other people. I passed the election law bill and the other one about illegal, that they should uh-huh. be our uh, chips on to a member of the COS, uh, Oh, Convention of States? Yeah. That bill caused a lot of controversy. Uh, and I think that there are better ways to do it now. But Pianchi and I came up with a bill. Actually, Pianchi came up with it uh, to microchip illegal aliens. And, oh, did that cause a controversy around here? Now, at the time, I didn't particularly want to argue it. I had other things to do. But I probably should have stood my ground a little bit more. But when that bill uh, came out, and the, the biggest problem was that the, the biometrics aren't needed. You can do things like uh, you know, uh, retinal scans and fingerprints and, and things like DNA checks, that kind of stuff. Um, to do that. But the biggest uh, problem was that the chips can be taken out. You know, it wasn't a good way to do it. Uh, but it was an well, interesting they don't idea. Have, in fact, that, that should be done at their home country. Because when they uh-huh. hit the border, you don't know who they are. If they got a child, you don't know who that child belonged to. How do you know? Well, the, yeah, see, that should be grounds for sending people back. 
If people show up undocumented, then you say you go home and get your documentation. That's not our problem. Well, that's what it's all about. They undocument. They're illegal. Right. And then they they come into the they're, – they're apprehended. They're given a court date. Some of them are, are given ankle bracelets. And the court date may be a year or two out. And then by the time comes for them to appear in court, nobody shows up. The anchor break is, is uh, traced down to be laying someplace in the alley. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, the solution to that um, is that it's automatic grounds for deportation and asset forfeiture. So you take all the people, and here's the, here's the next list. So the first list is, is all the illegals on the ITIN number. The second list is all the people that failed to show up for their hearing. You take their stuff. Yeah, you got to find them. them. Well, no, you got to find them. That's why they should be waiting. That's why they should wait in Mexico until the hearing date. Well, wait a minute. If someone's given a court date, isn't their information recorded as to who they are? You don't know who they are. You only know who oh, they yeah, where they come no, no. from. The, the, the country where they say they come from, uh, they don't uh, have no records. So how do you get a court date? I don't understand that. You can't, you can't give a court date to somebody you can't identify. That doesn't make any sense. Of course, maybe they are. I don't know. The kids are. The kids have phone numbers that they mm-hmm. come across our borders with this individual. They separate. The kid calls a phone number. A relative of somebody comes and get them, put them on the plane, send them back to their country. Then they recycle. Do it all over again. Mm-hmm. No, I know it's a huge problem. Can you imagine the mail with a kid showing up at a border and the kids crying? And if that border uh, border agent don't let them in, don't take them in and give them food and water and comfort them, you can imagine the outcry from your leftists and your pro anti, your pro uh, illegal immigrant entering the country. Can you matter the outcry? I don't care about the outcry. See, this is the problem. the The problem is is, is that people care about that outcry, but the, and the, but the geldings, you know, the conservatives, they don't make their own outcry. How come there's an how come there's some protests in the streets organized by Republicans, wealthy uh, foundations, individuals who have money can do can put this kind of stuff together? How come there isn't a protest? You know, you know, illegal aliens go home. This isn't your country. You know, where's that protest? Well, see, the problem, the problem is that the left protests be. very successfully and, and conservatives in America first just don't protest at all. It's like the protest when Donald Trump got elected. The protest in all your cities, burning, trashing cars, uh, exactly. breaking out windows, burning trash can, mm-hmm. burning the American flag. Yeah. So what we have to do is not worry about what the left's going to do. And I, if I hear one more time, well, if this happened to the left, they'd do this. Well, how, why aren't we doing it too? So that's just an admission of, of, uh, of weakness to say, well, I'm afraid of the left because they'll do this. They'll react badly. I don't care. Let them react badly. And react as badly as they want. They're not here to help this country. We are. That's the difference. We're the good guys. Like the left says, we want to control both houses of Congress rather than saying they want to control it by a minimum uh, base one. They should say they want two-thirds control. That's no, that was what I said. For. No, I want two-thirds control for the Republicans. But I don't know, if you, even if they had that, would they use that? It's an interesting thing to think about. Would the Republicans, if they had a two-thirds majority, a guaranteed veto-proof majority in the House and the Senate, would they reverse everything that Brandon did? I would say no. They would well, yeah, find a way to give that, they they find a way to give that power away. 
many, many things that Brendan Dunn does for the courts are reversed. And, and you can't do this. It's illegal. Hmm. And yeah, it's not that we want to impose and restrict people's rights. We just mm-hmm. want to enforce the law, the laws that's on the books that's being ignored. Yeah. Let me tell you more about this bill. I think you'll find it interesting. And then you can ask me questions so that you can explain it. So the next section is verification of citizenship. Through voter registration, driver's license, and e-verify, well-established citizenship criteria have been established for the state of Florida. A county should adopt those provisions that specifically prove citizenship beyond doubt with two or more forms of ID possibly being necessary and shall not limit qualification merely to legal work status. So the state verifies your citizenship. I couldn't register my car. I couldn't register to vote uh, without my passport. I had to prove I was a U.S. citizen before I could become a citizen of Florida. That's a good thing. So now you extend that kind of verification down to the county level. See, I think the way to, to handle the illegal uh, aliens is not at the federal level because they're not going to do it. It's too big a problem. You handle it at the local level because these are criminals. They are not immigrants. And even if they were immigrants, the federal government still wouldn't have jurisdiction because they're criminals, and that's a law enforcement problem. That means a state and local police problem, county sheriff problem. That's how you handle the illegal alien problem, and you use asset forfeiture. So that way you're not rounding people. If you round people up, you're responsible for them. So unless you're going to provide a reservation, which I would like to do, I would like to replace, you know, American Indians, you know, who should never be on a reservation. This is the, this is 2020 and we still have American Indians on reservations. That's a crime. Notice how that didn't come up in the election, by the way. Nobody's brought up uh, American Indian issues. The reason I don't say Native American is because anybody born here is a Native American. That's what it means. So if you want to distinguish people who are special. I think some of them preferred it. That's what okay. the gaming revolution. Well, but the, they need the, to use this voluntary. Be. That's fine, you know. But I, I don't. Yeah. I just don't like. I would put illegal aliens on a reservation. Anybody waiting for a court date, wait on a reservation. But see, I want to pay the money to take care of them. I'd rather take their their stuff, and because see, people with with incentives like that, they're not going to stick around. See, if you if you take care of them, if you provide benefits for them, even if it's on a on a illegal alien reservation. You're still costing money, and I'm trying to save the taxpayers money. And the best way to do that is to take all the, the illegal alien assets and use that, you know, money to uh, fund the program and uh, get rid of them. You know, and say, look, you know, I would even go so far as to say, if you want your property back, we're going to transfer it to an account in a bank here, but it can't come back into the country. So your money is in the bank of Bolivia. I'll tell you something else. They, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. They should use uh-huh. biometrics to identify these people too. Well, I agree with uh, that. Some forms so, you can't go by name because so many of those people, that mm-hmm. the, the, they have common names throughout the whole country. Mm-hmm. Half the country may be, have the same common last name. Yep. So that's their yeah. 50% or 12 fraud. Yeah, how, many Gar- how many Garcias and Ramirez can you have? <laughs> it didn't work that way. Martin, yeah. 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 We're not making fun of them. We just nope. uh, tell the truth. It would be very difficult to accurately keep track of somebody in the case of identifying them in uh, mm-hmm. this particular fashion coming across the board. So mm-hmm. the country where they come from should put some sort of marking on then share that with uh, our border patrol, border protection agencies here. Yeah, see, that'd be great if everybody who crossed the border you know, who came in here under whatever these programs are, there's some kind of record of them was made. First of all, I turn anybody away that doesn't have documentation. And you make that very clear. So look, if you're not documented, you're not coming in. If you can't prove who you are, you can't come in. Of course, I would seal the border anyway. Um, but that's another story. I, I'm surprised Texas hasn't put the containers on their border like Arizona did. 
What's Texas's problem? Well, if they got a kid, like I, they had, if they had a child with them, then mm-hmm. that would just might kill that because you can see the outcry. Wait a minute. They went to Mexico. It's here. Mexico's problem. Mexico let these people take their kids all the way through Mexico. It's not our problem. Why did Mexico let them come through? Why did any of those Central American countries let them come through? It's not our problem. See, you got to get you got to get uh, you know very um, strict about this kind of stuff. You have to uh, stop thinking of of how we can benefit them when things that are not our problem. Because anytime you benefit an illegal, you hurt an American. You know, anytime an illegal is in school, it hurts Americans. Anytime an illegal alien kills one of our citizens, that hurts us. Anytime an illegal you know takes up space in a job, in in an apartment or a house. You know, buys a car and drives on the road. They're taking up space that they're not entitled to. That hurts all of us. That lowers our quality of life. That burdens us. That makes us pay for them. I'm not here to benefit illegal aliens. And if they have a harsh uh, punishment, that's not my problem either. They came here to take advantage of us. They came here to commit a crime. You know, and why? I'm not going to benefit people that commit crime against us. So whatever the, you know, whatever hardships they incur from losing their stuff, that's not my problem. That's their problem for breaking our laws. They shouldn't have broken the law in the first place. You know, if someone says, hey, let's go rob a bank, you know, and you can't use the defense. Well, you know, Fred told me it was a, we should go rob the bank. So I, I, it's not my, my choice. I just did what they said. All right. Well, you're still guilty of robbing a bank. So in the same way, if somebody comes to if, – if, if Brandon in his mental stupor says, come on down, like the price is right. Come on into the United States. Go on and just cross our border, you know, illegally. We don't care. And people do. They're still responsible for the law. Remember the, the old saying, ignorance of the law is no excuse? They say that a lot. Well, ignorance, there's no way you can be ignorant of crossing our border. Because they're coming here specifically to gain for themselves. So that takes harsh punishment. DACA, same thing. Anybody who's DACA, that deferred alien, whatever that thing is, those people that came in as kids, I'm not going to victimize them as kids. But as soon as they turn 18, they're adults. And they're subject to civil asset forfeiture until they go home and apply to come in legally. You've got to stop this stuff, and you have to make examples, and you have to make harsh punishments so that it doesn't happen again. That's how you deal with it. Otherwise, you're not dealing with it. Let me give you another one here. This is part of our civil asset forfeiture bill. Implementation. Citizenship shall be checked at every interaction with Santa Rosa County government, including but not limited to voter registration, vehicle registration, and driver's license renewal. Business license application and renewal, health inspections, that would be for businesses like restaurants, okay, safety inspections, or any other county inspections, uh, the parents of all public school registrations, property tax, and all other county payments, plus any direction with Santa Rosa County Sheriff's Office, including traffic stops, mandatory check-ins, sexual offender registration, etc. Traffic and other law enforcement interactions can be recorded with a time limit after the interaction to produce valid proof of citizenship. This is why it'd be easier if it was on the driver's license. So you check citizenship like you check it. When you check an ID, check citizenship. You know, does that mean you have to carry your passport around with you? No. <laughs> but it'd be nice to have some kind of a citizen card that makes it easier to do it. Driver's, citizenship on the driver's license would be the easiest way around this. Because you have to carry a driver's license. Well, that's another problem. Question on that? Otherwise, I'll get to enforcement, how this is enforced. You like the bill so far? I don't think they should have driver's license. Yeah, that's another story. We do for now. I wrote this bill assuming they're going to have driver's license, but I have uh, uh, something I found that, well, first of all, 
driving these days is not, they say it's a privilege. It's not a privilege. Okay. It's not. Uh, oh, I, you know what it was? It was an article. I posted the legal page, Action Radio Legal Project, the difference between a certificate and a license. So pilots, and I knew this because I just renewed my FERC. I just renewed my flight instructor certificate. And so I'm now, I didn't have more time to do stuff. It's really kind of cool. But a certificate, when you get a pilot, you don't get a pilot license. You get a pilot certificate. A certificate is proof of ability. So the reason that you can fly, the reason that, uh, you know, and you have certain compliance, like uh, you have to be current. You have to, uh, part of, of, of proving your, your, you know, your, your capability is proving that you've done it recently. So if you're going to be a pilot, you know, you have a certificate that means you pass a test that proves your competence, you know, and your ability to fly safely within the FAA system, the airspace system, and to not be danger to people or property on the ground, et cetera, et cetera, or other airplanes. So that's what you prove with your certificate. It is not a license. Okay, it is not permission from the government to do it. It's a certificate that you earn through accomplishing the tasks that the government sets forward for you to do. Well, drivers can be the same way. We should, we should switch to a driver's certificate. So it wouldn't be able to be used for child support payments or, uh, you know, or debt collection or, or, uh, any other, or whatever else they use it for. So we need to consider that driving. Well, okay. you know, it won't work with the driver's license because driver's license is issued by states. Right. Pilots. Certificate issued by the Federal Aviation Administration, which does a very good job with our airways. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. Well, I, I have complaints about the flight training system, although it's funny. Uh, you know, I advertise in my book all the time, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. I wrote it in 92. It was published in 94. And every time I see another flight instructor refresher clinic, I see things from my book that didn't exist before my book. One of the biggest ones now is scenario-based training. Through my, through my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction, you will see scenario-based training all the way through it. The other thing you'll see, the one thing I called for back in 1992, was angle of attack indicators on every airplane. Guess what? There's now a push for angle of attack indicators you know, on every airplane and training on how to use them. For those that don't know, that's, that's where the wing meets the air. You know, it's, it's the greatest instrument for determining you know, how your wing is doing. You know, with, with cars, you want to determine how your engine's doing. With airplanes, you want you to determine how your engines and your wing is doing because it's the wing that keeps you up there. So if the wing is in, in a good condition in relationship to the air, life is great. <laughs> okay? If it's not a good condition in relation to the air, if the angle is too steep where the air meets the wing, you've got a problem. That's what, that's what a stall is all about. Anyway, so that's the newest thing. Scenario-based training and angle of attack indicators um, are, are now a big part of the flight instructor refresher clinic. Well, gee, guess who wrote about that 30 years ago? Me. Okay, so yeah, your grandson has the book. Did he notice things like that? Did he see things that uh, that are in training now that weren't in training? Got uh, around to it yet? Isn't ready yet? Oh. Got a pile of books, a stack of books. So I don't think he's got around to it yet. Oh, okay, well, hopefully we'll get it soon. All right, so let me get you more of this bill, and then I'll probably I want to. I might play some of the other half, but, uh, you know, because uh, I know this is boring for a lot of people, but it's really critical. These laws can change your life. So I know it's boring and it's tedious, but this is why I don't do it every day. Uh, but there are times when I really believe it's critical to go over these laws, because what if people in England, what if people in Australia or Canada or any of the countries that listen to us want to have a similar bill creating their own illegal alien free zones? England, especially. You know, that's the place uh, I think would be the best, the next country to do that. Australia's not such a problem. It takes a while to get there. You know, they have a natural boundary. <laughs> it's called Pacific Ocean. 
<laughs> or the Indian Ocean on the other side. So it's a little difficult to uh, be an illegal alien in Australia, unless you fly in, but that's a different story. All right, enforcement. Upon establishing status as an illegal alien, multiple illegal aliens, families, or groups, all such adult persons, we're not going after the kids, okay? All such adult persons shall be subject to immediate and full civil asset forfeiture. This shall include, but not be limited to, all property, houses, and commercial real estate, vehicles, businesses, where possible bank accounts, credit accounts, and all such financial assets and accounts, and any other asset within, a, within and subject to county jurisdiction. I don't think the counties can, can take bank accounts. The state can. The state IRS can. So, that's it. The next, thing, the, one, the next part of this says, any citizen or person lawfully in the county, uh, in the country, uh, any group or organization, any, oh yeah, here's the other thing too. So these are the people subject to civil asset forfeiture, the, the illegal aliens themselves. Also, any citizen or person lawfully in the country, any group or organization, any non-government organization, or any other entity within the country, within the county, who in any way gives aid, comfort, money or assets, housing or residence, jobs or job assistance, education or training assistance, transportation, relocation services, any taxpayer benefit or welfare access, or any other form of aid, their property and assets shall be subject to exactly the same civil asset forfeiture as the illegal aliens. They are, ex- they are an accessory for aiding. This is regardless of federal aid and promotion of illegal aliens through the State Department or other government entities, because all such laws, funding, and programs are in fact themselves criminal for aiding and abetting illegal entry and settlement, and as such are unconstitutional and unenforceable in the states and counties of the United States. How's that for a statement? That's pretty good. Well, thank you. In my moments. Yeah. So the point of this is that you can go after government people too. And that would now I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little clearer because somebody actually pointed out uh, I had one at, uh, in the school section I had a section where the schools themselves the, the government schools could be seized. And they said, well, that's going to be a little impractical. And I said, you know what? I think you're right. So I, I'm going to modify that so that the assets of the principals and the administrators of the schools can be seized. Or maybe even the teachers, too, if they, they know they're illegal aliens in their classes. Because we've got to stop this stuff. We may have to overturn Plyler v. Doe. Before. Well, actually, that's not a legal decision of the Supreme Court. We don't have to overturn that. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. So now here's the good part. This is the only part I'm going to do. I'm going to take a little break here. Disbursement of funds from assets seized. So, so, what do you, so when you sell... Uh, see, this is one of the problems before. When the police would confiscate assets of Americans that they thought were in crimes, you had to prove that you weren't in a crime to get your stuff back. Well, that's unconstitutional. You can't seize property without due process, which means a conviction in a court of law. But aliens, hell, they're not even supposed to be here. They don't have any rights here. The fact that they are here as criminals is a confession. So you can seize their stuff. But what do you do with the money? What do you do with the money and the assets that are seized? Well, here's the, here's the good part. Disbursement of funds from assets seized. All funds resulting from the sale and disposal of all seized assets shall be apportioned in a yearly disbursement to all U.S. taxpaying citizens and lawful taxpaying permanent residents of Santa Rosa County, Florida. No seized asset or proceeds shall be retained or used by any government entity of Santa Rosa County. So there you go. goes back to the people as a reimbursement for having to put up with illegal aliens. How's that sound? So nobody profits. Government doesn't profit off this. There's no incentive for government to do this beyond the fact that it's a law, and they have to do it. But they're not going to, government entities are not going to make money off this, including law enforcement. Well, the way it is now, <clears throat> if they see illegal, something that's obtained uh, illegal, 
Mm-hmm. And it's monetized. It's, uh, the, the police department gets it. They buy cars and equipment. Mm-hmm. Well, that should be taxed from the regular citizens. Now, if you now, my consideration, or this is something we may have to modify in the bill, and then the county may do this if they actually take it up, is to give a portion of the asset seized to law enforcement for the cost of enforcing the program. I can see doing that. Make sense? Well, you're dealing with civilian departments in the country. Mm-hmm. No, so well, this is only county. So, well, this is what we call model legislation. In other words, we make a model in one county, and the other counties in Florida can take a look, and they can change it to whatever fits their county. Other counties across the country can go, hmm, that's an interesting idea, but our requirements are different, so we're going to do this, or we're going to leave out this part, or we're going to add to it putting in this, whatever this is. So that's the idea of model legislation. So what people do with this once it's out there, yeah. I, we write the bills. We supply the information. After that, this free country, right? The legislatures are, are going to be free to do what they want. They can change it, modify it, totally gut it. <laughs> you know, if they totally gut it, they're not going to support them. That's what elections are for. So it'd be interesting if in the future elections become a referendum on how much uh, citizen legislation was passed and in what form it was passed. That's going to add a whole new uh, uh, branch to politics that hasn't been considered before. What if the pollsters poll on citizen legislation? What if the questions asked are, well, what have you done about the bills that were presented by we the people? That's the place I want to get to. Let me give you another little section of the bill, then uh, I might take a break here. Uh, it says, all funds resulting from the sale and disposal of all seized assets shall be apportioned. Oh, I read that. I'm sorry. Holding an ITIN number is usually an indication of an illegal alien illegally filing a tax return, usually for child and other tax credits available while not declaring any income. No resident with an ITIN number shall be eligible for this disbursement unless proven to be a citizen or lawful permanent resident. The Social Security number or driver's license together or by themselves, especially from other states, shall not constitute proof of citizenship or lawful residence for the purpose of disbursement. If found to be an illegal alien using any of these IDs, full asset forfeiture shall commence immediately. That's my safeguard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next section is on education and why Playa Levy Doe doesn't apply. Uh, let me just start this. Uh, it says, all assets as mentioned above shall be seized from any adult illegal alien if their children or grandchildren are found to be in any Santa Rosa County school. Citizenship of parents, grandparents, or guardians responsible for the students shall be verified during school registration. See, they're not doing that now, right? And it all comes from this Playa Levy Doe case. The county shall, in enforcing this ordinance, challenge the incorrect assumptions resulting from the illegal and intellectually impossible decision by the Supreme Court in Plyler v. Doe, in which a legitimate Texas law to withhold funds for the education of illegal aliens was overturned and a Supreme Court legislative remedy was unconstitutionally incorporated into the Supreme Court opinion of the majority. Because of this, school officials in Santa Rosa County have admitted in public their mistaken belief that they can't ask the citizenship of children bound for public schools. Yeah, I was at that meeting. <laughs> That's where this clause came from, right? With this ordinance, they, have, they never have to ask that question of the students, only their parents, grandparents, other family members, or guardians, which, of course, they can ask of anyone responsible for the students. It is the asset of those adults that is the subject to seizure. 
Minor children are not part of this ordinance. Yeah, we're leaving the kids alone because it's not their fault. It is the fault of the parents, grandparents, guardians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I might as well finish this. <laughs> I'll take a break. Well, this you case know, here's in- the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing on that. You've had a couple of cases I know of where you had an American citizen that stayed with uh, in one residence in one state, or should I say in one residence, one uh, school district, mm-hmm. and enrolled their kids in another school district and was found to be stealing and convicted in jail. Uh, I know of two cases like that. And these so happened to be work? black women. They were enrolled in in two different school districts. How did that work? They lived in one. They lived. They enrolled their child in a school district that they didn't live in. So how do you do that? Well, the school district found out and uh, they prosecuted. Now, obviously, uh, the only reason to register a kid in a different school district is it's a better school district. W- would that be a fair assumption? That's probably what it was. But uh, the thing is that she didn't live in that school district. Her address was in another, and they mm-hmm. weren't paying money into the school district. Oh, I see. So that's, so that's why they said it was stealing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, see, the, this is why you need full vouchers and full, uh, you know, full school choice. So it doesn't matter where you send your kids. You know, and this idea that you're uh, – this is why it becomes such a, a hot uh, real estate item. Everybody wants to live in a good school district, you know, so uh, they pick the, the income levels that are going to get the best education. I understand doing that. I mean, that's the way the system works right now. What I'm saying is there should be no restrictions on registering your kids for any school district. There's either room or there isn't room, you know, and if they give preference, they could give preference to uh, residents of the county or whatever the jurisdiction is. That makes sense. But you still should be able to... Uh, you know, send your kids. Uh, well, I don't know how it works. I mean, education is such a mess. I would get the government out of it completely anyway. Let people find their own solutions. Hmm. Well, the only reason the government gets involved in it is because the government offers money for certain programs and school districts buy into them. Therefore, yeah. That makes sense. And they want the money. Yeah, I'm going to make a little note to myself here to redo my school bill. So I'm going to go over this. I've got to find a way to put uh, government officials' asset forfeiture. I'm just writing a little thing down here. I've got uh, a lot of time today, fortunately, to work on some of these things. All right. Let's, let's hold up that bill. Let's, let me take that bill for now. And that's pretty much the ones that, uh, that I wanted to talk about for this particular part of the show. So everybody now has their fill of the bills. Any of those bills I mentioned before, those 27 that strike you as interesting? Mm-hmm. Any, any Very you want to go? Okay, good. Did you want to go over any one of them now? Because what I think I'll do is I'll play. Uh, I'm going to play uh, something that happened um, back at WBY. This might be a good time to do that, and then we can come back. Let's hear what happened. So this one, let me set this up. This is uh, WBY. This is from uh, um, July 5th of 2018. So this on WBY was uh, AM 1530, Northwest Florida's news and talk leader. That was the slogan for the show. For the station. And I was the morning host. This is my first full-time job in radio. I started March 1st, and this was July 5th. So this was a, a year and four months. Uh, March 1st, 2017. Uh, this is July 5th, 2018. So the way this sequence worked, and I'll explain this, set it up for everybody, 
uh, because you're going to hear phone numbers that aren't the number of the show. The show here is 215-383-3832. You're going to hear call signs and things like that. Those don't apply. That was Obviously, I was working for a different radio station, not on Blog Talk. But what we did that had never been done before was uh, this is the first time we actually wrote a bill on the air. And fortunately, we had a really big audience because the, the station already had a big audience. So I walked into a station with a great big audience as opposed to starting pretty much over again under social media suppression like we're doing here at Blog Talk. But what was so cool about this was, uh, and I've ended up the first caller. First caller was like a regular caller. He didn't want to talk about it. But the other callers quickly got in line. And what we did was we wrote a bill on the air. And uh, you can hear, I'll, I'll make comments. That I'm typing away. I'm actually writing the bill as people are talking. And we had eight callers. The bill had eight paragraphs to it. It went on, right, it was one of the first bills on uh, writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. You can still see it. It's in the Citizen Bill Ideas. So writeyourlaws.com. So I wrote it. We wrote it on the Thursday. Wednesday was the 4th of July. We read the Declaration of Independence. Thursday, we wrote the bill in the air because everybody's on vacation, right? So they, they could call in. Um, Friday night, I put it on Write Your Laws. Saturday morning, sent it to the Matt Gates. Matt Gates reported back on Tuesday, uh, the following Tuesday, the 10th. And I was fired on Friday the 13th <laughs> after, doing, after doing something never been done before. That's the sequence of events. This is a very interesting two-week period. <laughs> you know, so, so we read the Declaration of Independence for the first time. Right? We write a bill on the air. Uh, I put it on a website that's never existed before. I send it to a sitting member of Congress. I get a favorable opinion of the bill from that sitting mem- member of Congress, proving Action Radio works, and I get fired three days later. <laughs> I mean, who could have predicted that series of events, right? Anyway, that's where we were. So let me go back. Uh, Pianki, you had a comment before I start this? Or are you just waiting with, with anxious, bated breath to hear uh, how we did it? Waiting to hear it. Then I shall proceed. Okay. So, and that's how it works. So this is where we are in that sequence. This is actually writing a bill on the air for the first time, proving, in fact, that Action Radio works. So, again, what you hear is related to WBY, not to me. And this will take a while. This will take uh, most of the next hour um, because it's very comprehensive, but I think you'll find it fascinating. And it explains what we do we do it here. This is the model. All that legislation I've talked about throughout the show, this is the model uh, that, uh, how, uh, that I created with these, uh, with these callers that set the precedent for everything we're doing now. All right, here we go. You know, some things really make me upset, and this is one of those days. And so uh, I was reading this morning, in fact, I had a bunch of other stuff to talk about, Fourth of July, our independence, you know, Action Radio, WriteYourLaws.com, all that kind of stuff that I do. And then I read this horrible thing, this horrible, awful decision by this this federal judge that uh, they have no right to do the things they're doing. They have no power to do the things they're doing. They have, the Constitution clearly says, they, they make decisions under the Constitution and under law. They don't make law. And the Constitution also clearly says, in fact, I read it just a little bit ago, that Congress can decide what the law is for the census. And uh, Clarence, I know you're there. I'm going to get to you in just a little bit. But I want to introduce this topic uh, very, uh, very clearly here for people because it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. In the Constitution, it says the actual enumeration shall be made uh, within three years of, uh, of the, you know, the first meeting of the Congress of the United States. So I, the first Congress, they did after three years, and then every ten years after. Okay? In such manner as they shall by law direct. 
What does that mean? It means in such manner as by they by shall law direct, which means the Constitution clearly says that the Congress gets to direct how the census is done. So all this nonsense, this absolute garbage that, oh, the Constitution says you have to count everybody, it's not there. Believe me, I just looked, okay? It's not there. So you can, you can parade all the folks you want up here and say things. You know, here's a, my original contention that it still holds. Assumptions are stronger than truth. So some people say, well, it's in the Constitution. So everybody else thinks, well, it must be in the Constitution. Nobody actually checks the Constitution to see if it's actually in the Constitution, but it's not. It says, shall, I'm going to read this one more time because this will be in the interest of accuracy here. Uh, it says very simply, uh, Congress shall you know, make an enumeration in such manner as they shall by law direct. So what we're going to do, guess what we're going to do? We're going to write a law. We're going to write a bill in this hour, which I'm going to submit to both Congressman Gates and now my, my new contact, Congressman DeSantis, who I met uh, this week. And we're going to write a bill, and we're going to get it right to him. This is Action Radio. Let's get to one of, uh, one of our wonderful callers here, Clarence. What do you think of my idea? And then you can tell me your topics. I, I think it's good, but, you know, this, this what you're dealing with, what we're dealing with, mm-hmm. started with Reagan putting the band-aids on this. Yep. After Reagan... They move the goalposts toward the uh, deep state, and so that, that that's simply what's going on here with this, with with the uh, uh, with Trump uh, being able to deal with these issues, with the deep state of uh, of uh, Walmart is involved with the deep state. Uh, but what do you want to do about it, though? That's the thing. I mean, we can talk about it, but I'm not a talking person. I'm a doing person. What do you, what can we do? Well, y'all can't do nothing because you didn't do nothing for 30 years. So it's well, that's, that's past. I can't change that. What it's a, in Trump's hand now. It's in Trump's hand. It's somebody that, 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 that's a businessman that don't see things the way y'all do it and ain't going to go by the way of doing it the way. He's going to go by the way, uh, way we should have did it 30 years ago. We should have did it with Reagan. Okay, that's fine, but we still that's, that's still past. I mean, I can't change that. I can't change, I, I'm hoping to change the future. I can't change the past. The only thing we have any control over is the present, and I'm ready to write a bill. I got, the, I got my keypad right in front of me, and I'm ready to go. So if anybody wants to call us, 850-623-1330. If you've never written a bill, which is almost everybody, give me a call. We're going to write one right now, and we're going to send it to our congressman this afternoon. What do you think? Let, let me say this, Greg, because this is what you, uh, you and your listener need to know. Every, what we're dealing with is, is a lack of, uh, uh, of Christianity that started this country. What this country was intended to be, what, what, what uh, God uh, mapped it out to be, uh-huh. every dollar in your pocket got in God, we trust on it. It didn't get on there by itself. It, and uh, here's, here's what you need to know. I found out that Mel Kipsedat, nobody knew who Mel Kipsedat was. That's right. who uh, uh, Abram, Abram met. And and that's where our blessing come from when it comes to money. Mel Kilsadet and Mel Kilsadet basically was Jesus. That's that's who he was. He was Jesus. And Jesus said, "Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God." What he said, "Give to me what belongs to me." Okay. Y'all, this this society hasn't did that. The schools was was was, was Christianity. Everything was Christianity, and we have that. Jesus down, our profiles down on every level you name. Yeah. And so Jesus put a Trump in there, and Trump is making America great, and that's uh, Jesus want to hear because okay. Jesus is the one who made America great. See, it's just that simple. I, I believe you. I believe you. But I, I, I got to ask you one more thing, and I have to let you go. Do you have a, a particular suggestion for us that, uh, that that we can add to uh, to anything to, to help the situation? 
you know, a positive, concrete thing. If you don't have an hour, you can always call back, you know, later another time. But we need, I want action, and I want to know what action we can take. Yeah, well, well, well. Here's the deal. I think what you 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 you, uh, you just got to connect with with uh, Trump and and his. Uh, oh, well, that is a good idea. Actually, you know, believe me, I have tried. <laughs> it, it is yeah, actually but something but I do. The thing over here, yeah. well, you have to start with with uh, connecting to uh, people that he got in power. In these areas, I've already done that, and that's uh, how you get to him. I know people who know him. Okay, Clancy, I'll let you go. I gotta let you go. Thanks, and I really do appreciate your call. But uh, yeah, because I'll move on. It's it's eight eleven, and uh, I do appreciate Clarence. Uh, You know, he always has some interesting words for us. But I want to take some action. Okay, who wants to write a bill? I'm serious. Who wants to write a bill? If you've never done it before, you know, if you've thought to yourself, you know, gee, I really wish I could do something. Well, here's where you really can do something, okay? Now, the, the easiest thing to do, of course, is to once we write the bill, and I put it on writeyourlaws.com, and I send it to uh, our, our Congress represent, you know, representatives in Congress. Um, you can call, you can support it, you can do what you want. But what, how many chances have you, have you ever had in your life to actually write the language of a bill? And the bill is very simple. We want to have citizenship on the census. We want to stop this nonsense. We want to stop these judges cold. We want to uh, use that quote ahead from the Constitution if you want. But how do you want to do it? Give me a call. Uh, 850-623-1330. 850-623-1330. I can write a bill. I can write a bill in five minutes, but that's not the point. The point is I want to get you to, uh, to, to give it a try. Who wants to give it a try? Give me a call. This is an experiment. You know, it's one thing. You can talk about independence until you're blue in the face. You can go, yeah, it's great. We've got fireworks and we've got, uh, you know, everything's wonderful and we've got Trump in power and that's good. But what is independence? Independence is action. Independence is, is when you do something. You know, and it's one of the, that we, we, we talk about. You know, all these wonderful things. We, we revel in the Founding Fathers, and we talk about how great the Constitution is, and that's wonderful. But do you really think the Founding Fathers wanted to sit around in our butts and just go, yeah, weren't they great? Yeah, we want, you know, it's with the Supreme Court, too. Oh, let's get some originalists. Well, that's, that's fine. But the Constitution, oh, it's not a living document that keeps changing, but the spirit of it is living. And the only way that spirit's going to live is if you make it live by doing something. Okay? You don't have to do a lot. Like I say, you can just support it. You can, you can call me and say, hey, Greg, great idea. That's fine. I don't mind that either. But if you really want to take some action, if you really want to you know, raise yourself to a different level, give me a call at 850-623-1330 and help me write a bill that I can submit to Congress today. I feel like a used car salesman. Today, <laughs> we're going to do this. You know, do you want to write a bill today that I can send in that will stop anybody except citizens from being counted in the census? That's what I'm doing. And I have a I have a taker, and I got my keyboard ready. Joe, go ahead. What's your idea? Well, I, I think I think you're spot on, and I think that we should add to it though uh, that uh, the, uh, the the census is way in, too intrusive. Asking how many bathrooms do you have and how many bedrooms do you have, it, it it's never it was never listed that way in the Constitution, and I and I agree with you. And you're spot on also by saying go back and read it because. When I was on active duty in the service, we uh-huh. would get a lot of people come in and say, we have to do this and this and this. And I'd say, go get the regulation and show me. And when we, when we actually read it, it was like, wow, it doesn't say that. Yeah, because assumption is stronger than truth. Assumption right, sure. is stronger yes. than truth. It happens yes, all the time. Is. Yeah. Yep. I, I make them bring it in and show it to me. And they go, wow, we didn't know that. Well, now we do. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, what else do you want to do? Well, I think I think we need to. The, the bill is way too intrusive. It just needs to, you know, how many, you know, how many uh, U.S. citizens are living in that house? Hey, that's it. That's all they need to know at this address. 
Okay, so U.S. I, I'm writing this as you're talking. I mean, I'm seriously. Yeah. I'm going to put this into a bill. You're going to be able to read this. You know, how many, how many United States citizens live, citizens are living at this address? Citizens. And and get rid of all this other stuff about yeah. it's. Greg, have you had the? Uh, do you remember the last census? How intrusive it was? Did you get oh, yeah. one of those? I didn't get a long oh. form. I, I had a short form, so or whatever it was, I just had the easy one to write, so it wasn't a big deal. Okay, so right. Well, I is, keep getting hit up for the long one. <laughs> oh yeah, so you know, all right. So how many U.S. Yeah. citizens live at this address? Now, do you want proof of citizenship? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so proof absolutely. of citizenship. Uh, from yeah. all right, uh, all right. So proof of citizenship. How? What what, what qualifies? Uh, a U.S. passport is an excellent way. Okay, citizenship. I'm actually typing this as we go. So passport. I type fast, fortunately. Passport. Uh, and I have naturalization papers plus a passport because you know yeah. I'm Canadian. All right, so I got Absolutely. those. Let's go naturalization sure. Sure. papers. Uh, birth certificate would work. Birth. How about with photo ID? A photo ID. Well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing, though. Uh, the, the birth certificates don't have your picture because you were much younger then. <laughs> Do they? What am uh, well, I, you know? Okay, okay. The birth certificate and some sort of I see the problem with the photo ID is that they gave a lot of those out uh, uh, to illegals. You know. Um, so birth certificate. Uh, well, actually, uh, birth, well, if you have the passport, you don't need it. I like the passport. The passport is like the best thing uh, you can have oh, because you can't. Absolutely. In fact, I, I'd love to have us vote by passport and have everybody get one. You know, I mean, that'd yeah. be that'd be an interesting thing to do. Well, let's think about that. Let's that, that might be a whole other bill. You know, voting um, by passport, and that would bypass all the voter, uh, you know, the voter ID laws. So let's think Absolutely. about that for a different time. I'm going to put that down. I love doing this. We're legislating. This is so much fun. If Congress knew what we were doing <laughs> right here, right now, this would I be. I want you to know that what, a, what a tremendous asset you are to the community. We're oh, so happy you. you're here, and thank you. Uh, oh. it, it's, been, it's really been great. And I'm a transplant here, too, but I just want you to know how much we appreciate you. It's, you've got a great show. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, too. And I'll, I'm going to save this and pass it on to the boss. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> but, uh, no, so, so look at writeyourlaws.com, and we're gonna, we need a title okay. for the bill, too. And so I'll, I'll work on that as well. But you'll see it. It's going to be out there, and I'm going to post it right on the WEBY Facebook page you know, and my Action Radio right. page as soon as I get that done. Any other comments? Anything else you want to add to it? Because you, uh, you're off to a good no. start. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, thank you. Let someone else get on. Okay. There. Thanks so much. And they're here. Appreciate what you're doing. Take care now. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Appreciate it. There we go. So that's Joe checking in. 816, actually 817 now. Action Radio with Greg Penglis here on 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. We are writing a bill for Congress to, to have them count citizens only. And I want to know what you want in it. We've got to take a break. So we'll be right back in just a little bit. 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio, Greg Penglis, Action Radio Hour. I'll be back. Say that. Is there any legislative writing rock and roll appropriate song? That's that's a puzzler for you. Yeah. Well, any good protest song will do at this point. And we're taking action. 8:20 here. Uh, if you're just joining us, you're late. We started at 8:05. Anyway, 13:30. No, I'm just teasing you. 13:30. WEBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. This is Action Radio with Greg Penglis. We are writing a bill. We are writing a bill that uh, that makes it citizens only for the census. I'm going to send this to Congressman Gates and Congressman DeSantis uh, this afternoon. Once I get all written up, we've got another caller here. Jeff wants to contribute something to the bill. Jeff, what do you got? Good morning. Morning. Well, I agree. 100% that the U.S. citizenship question should be on the census. Okay. I also would 
think, and I'm trying to remember how, you know, some of the questions are very intrusive and some are very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when you list the people in the household, um, there should be documentation, um, whether it's city of birth, whatever. I mean, you don't have to provide birth certificates and all that, but you need to oh, show I think it was, I think where everybody idea, was yeah. born. I, I know there's some type of statement on it that if you sign this, it's a federal crime. I think it needs to be a actual affidavit. Um, when you sign it, and, and I hate to say it, but I think that a, 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 another line of bureaucracy should be created to check it out. So if it's falsified, you're going to be pressed with charges. These are good, these are good additions. I appreciate this. So additional, uh, I guess, layer of enforcement, should we call that? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I hate to say, you know, big government or whatever, but, you know, anybody could put whatever they want on there. Yeah. And, so I, they should, and I know they should, like, a lot of people checks? won't even fill it out because they're afraid of it or whatever, but what? I mean, we need to be counted for. Oh, and you know what? There should be a question on it. Should English be the national language? Oh, I like this. This is good. Yeah, that there should be a question there. Okay. E- even if it doesn't ever come to fruition, there should be, what do people think? You know, that's, I don't think that's ever been thought of. That is absolutely genius. That's brilliant that this would be the perfect time to take a national poll. Yeah. You're, you're a genius. And, and, you know, I and, love it. And our representatives, this is so when they cool. see the numbers, are going to okay. say, oh, crap, maybe we're going to have to do something. Well, what else should they ask now that we're on the <laughs> subject? No, I'm serious. What else? This, you've opened up a whole, whole new topic. You've opened up a whole new show for me right now. So, so national, national poll uh, during the census. This is great. I love this stuff. This is, why, this is why no one person can do this. Okay? This is why Action Radio is, is, a, is a, a, a nationwide phenomenon, at least I hope. But for right now, it's right here. But all, everybody who's listening has a chance to, to put something into this bill. And the suggestions we're getting are absolutely fabulous. A national what? poll. I it love will, this. National poll during it, the census. This is great. And you know what? There's, there's also... I, I would say okay. um, another part of the questionnaire, if, if, if someone takes the time to fill it out okay. so we can keep track of people. Keep track are of how? You, are you a legal immigrant with a green card and a visa? Yeah, well, that's that's another question, and uh, yeah, so in fact, and they should and they should be able to put their their number down. I think green cards. That's kind of right. Number. Yeah. So are you? It's another question. Uh, a legal permanent resident. Permanent. You know, and per, you could provide your same information. Um, you're not allowed to vote, but it, it does add to the mix. Okay. But illegal? No way. No. And they're saying, you know, and, and, do, you, do you believe this, this bogus reason that people are giving? They say, well, we need the illegals here. We need them counted. We need them, you know, to feel safe enough to report on other illegals who are committing crimes. Not, to, not focusing on the fact that they're committing crimes by just being here. You know, so this That's is such right. nonsense. You know, you got some really twisted logic out there. Okay, so let me make sure I got everything here. So we got should English be the national language? We're gonna have a national poll during the census. That is just absolutely brilliant. Uh, are you a legal permanent resident? Uh, well, of course, and then we'll need need the green card number. Now, here's the question: Should uh, legal permanent residents be counted? I think well, so, but not for I think electoral. They should be just put in a separate pool that so okay. we can. Yeah. We, uh, I would think so that our representatives. Get the full feel of how many of those residents 
legal residents, you know, are actually here. It might be able to give them uh, more information as they determine their immigration policies. Yeah. That's a good point, too. You know, because nobody knows how many of them are here. I mean, come on. I'm... you know, well, about go to the, numbers, go to the, um, the, the site Numbers USA. I want you to go to Numbers USA and read their material because they're documenting how legal immigration is going to be a real problem uh, yeah. if we get too many people. So well, I, I know Trump wants to curtail some of that, and, and uh, I believe in it too. Hang on, some more immigration, more information for immigration purposes. Okay. Track All right. I'll talk to you, Greg. Thanks, Jeff. I'm just writing while we're doing it. This is why it's okay, so active right now. Fine. Appreciate it. Well, this just off the top of my head. No, it's yeah. perfect. No, I love it. That the national poll during the census is absolute genius. I love it. Thank yeah. you, sir. All right. Bye bye. Bye now. And that's how we do things here. Lines open up eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. We are writing a bill uh, to track uh, to track. Let me see uh, immigrants. I'm literally writing the bill as we're talking. Okay. I mean, this is this is this is action radio in action. Let's get uh, let's get uh, Clay on the line. And see what the suggestions. Clay, you want to add to our bill? Uh, yes, all I wanted to add was that for the purposes of the census, uh, there should be a question on the census that would tie in proof of citizenship either by, in other words, can you prove you're a U.S. citizen by birth certificate, yeah. visa, uh, passport? What about visa holders? I mean, we've got uh, green cards, but we should also have a, you know... We well, should, maybe we should... not visas, because that doesn't really apply to citizens, and we want to narrow it down to citizens only. Well, but I think the census should, for the purpose of of alerting people that they're going to have to prove they're a U.S. citizen, uh, question whether they can prove it by yeah. birth certificate or that's passport. Good. That's a good one. And here's the, here's what we've got now. So so what we're, we're forming is like there's there's two pools that are going on here. We have the citizens. We, and I'm going to have to probably sort this out a little bit myself this afternoon. The citizens are, are one group, and the, the number of citizens is counted for representation, for districts, congressional districts, for the electoral college, for the overall vote, right. for money, things like that. We're counting immigrants, you know, permanent residents, green card holders, uh, and visa holders just for the purpose of knowing how many and where they are, but they would not be counted in the pool in terms of anything for electoral because they're not represented. These, you know, permanent residents are not represented by uh, by elected officials because they can't vote. If you can't vote, right. there's no representation, right? So does that make sense to, to you to have these two pools? Yes. Yes, okay. it does. Because okay. you need to be able to verify who's actually a legal U.S. citizen okay. and then who is here either in the process of becoming a citizen or on a work visa or just to know what the actual population is. Yeah, that'd be very interesting to do because then we can, you know, we should do it while we're thinking about it. We need to have the results published by the Census Bureau. Yes, and, and we need to close all the loopholes. That's what that's what legislators look for is loopholes. Like which ones? So we need to be able to close all the loopholes before uh, there's ever a chance to reinterpret. Okay. Do you have some loopholes that we should close that I can put into the bill? I'm not aware of any because... <laughs> no, that's okay. Now, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this on the next time we... I'll do the, the news is coming up in just a little bit. So what I'll do... Mm-hmm. In fact, Brad, I know you're on the line. I'll take you after the news because it's less than a minute away. I'm going to put up a WBY Facebook page post, an action radio post, things you want on the census bill. And so if you think of something, you know, after your call or if someone can't get in for any reason, we're going to have that there so you can add that. And I'll be writing this this afternoon and I'll let you know tomorrow what happened. Sound good? Well, great. 
great. Thank you for your efforts. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for calling. I appreciate that, too. And again, so we have news in just a little bit here. And so it's, it's 829. This is Greg Pengles here with Action Radio. And boy, are we taking action today. This is what Independence Day is all about. This is us taking action. And I, this is going to be a real bill. RightYourLaws.com. You'll be able to check it a little bit later on. And so uh, 1330 WEBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. We're going to get to uh, Brad when we come back. This is really exciting. I'm, I can't believe the response. Thank you so much. But now, now you can feel like you're a citizen legislator. And that's what it's all about. I'll be back after the news. News to say I've been very busy the last few minutes. And so... Uh, yeah, you can't miss it. So I've got a nice uh, nice purple, blue, pink, and whatever color. It's, the question is very simple. Go to the WEBY Facebook page or my Action Radio Facebook page, and it's right there. What do you want in our Action Radio census bill to make sure that only citizens are counted? Write this law. It can't get simpler than that, so just put on it what you want, and uh, I'll be looking at these things a little bit later on. Let's get to, uh, to Brad, who has some suggestions. Brad, what do you want in the bill? Well, I'd like to write a different bill. I'd like to write a bill that, that eliminates the census. And here is my reason. Okay. Number one, the government is already tracking every person in this country through NSA and through the National Defense Authorization Act and that supercomputers they have out in Utah. They know every person that's in this country, whether we believe it or not, it is true. And secondly, let's, let's, uh, Let's look at what the census was meant for and what the reason we even had a census okay. to begin with. Of course, it's a taxation purpose, mainly, but uh, it's become more of a divisive and a dividing method uh, of, for the, the powers to be to divide us. But I say get rid of the census. Look at the money that could be saved if we think that the government doesn't already know every one of us through licenses, Social Security, uh, registrations for guns, whatever we do, uh, whenever we apply for anything, it goes into that government database. They know us already, and they know our color, our our lives, how we live, what we buy. Everything's in that computer. And it's not as it's Facebook in their marketing department. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so why not just get rid of it? Let's just instead of playing their game, why don't we get rid of? Well, it is in the Constitution. Save all that money. It is in the Constitution, so I'd have to as that as a as a constitutional amendment within the bill, and so sure. I can do no that. Problem. No yeah. problem. No Constitution. problem. That's because interesting. Again, it's it's, worth, it's it's old technology. It's old school. They have the technology right now, and they're tracking us every day yep. on what we buy. No, I think I can write computers. this up. I think I can write this up pretty well. So well, all we'd have to do is just take out the section that uh, says, if anybody wants to find this, Article 1, Section 2, it's a third paragraph, talking about representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states. That's the old language, I think. What it says here, the actual enumeration shall be made within three years of the first meeting of Congress and within every subsequent term of 10 years. And so I guess the term, that's why they do it on the even years. You know, here's the key part, in such manner as they shall by law direct. Well, what if the, the, the law directs it not to do it at all? I mean, would it require a constitutional amendment? If, the, if Congress passes a law saying, yeah, it's in the Constitution to do a, a census, but we have determined we no longer need one because we have so much technology and other means, 
you know, would exactly. would, would they be required? Would they be required to do it? You know, so let me put that in the bill too. So put it in the All right, that's my point. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate your call. There we go. Okay, so yeah, the call's coming in fastly. I, I, I was going to say fast and furious, but we know what that's about. That was about the Obama administration giving drugs to uh, giving guns to drug dealers so they could uh, create mayhem, and we lost one of our border patrol agents, Brian Terry, over that. So I'm not going to. That's not how I want to relate this. Okay, eight thirty eight. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. So if you want to get a suggestion to me right now, if you want to talk about it, a bill um, to to make sure that only citizens are counting on, counted on the census. And Brad was saying he doesn't want a census at all. And that's a very interesting idea. You know, and you think about it, how much information they do have on us already. Phone number here, 850-623-1330. That's 850-623-1330. If you want to get in on this, if you've never written a bill before, why not? Come on, you know, try it. And then, uh, you know, the, the best place to do it is right here with me right now because I've, I've, got, the, I've got my little keypad. I'm typing away um, all these suggestions, and they're going to go into the bill this afternoon. And you're going to find it on writeyourlaws.com. That's our bill writing website. That's where you're going to find a ton of bills. And I have stuff there on, uh, on juries being fully informed of their right of nullification, uh, of asset forfeiture for all illegal aliens on their way out the door because anything they gained here, obviously was gained while committing a crime, you know, that of being in, in the United States illegally. You know, I've got things on making sure that Congress, you know, never spends any, they can't borrow any money, not spend, they can't borrow any money as long as there's a national debt. So they have to pay off $20 trillion, unless there's a declared war. You know, so that's part of it. So action, uh, so the, uh, so writeyourlaws.com has a lot of fascinating bills. Dr. Peter Pry, when he was here with the Electromagnetic Pulse, he has three bills that he had in his book, but they're hard to find. Now they're on writeyourlaws.com, so we, uh, and those are being uh, circulated as well. We have that family law uh, bill from Michael Volpe, you know, talking about uh, family courts as, as uh, you know, almost racketeering between the, the conspiracies between the, the judges and the attorneys and the horrible decisions they make. And, the, you know, there was a kid that was put in foster care recently who died in foster care, would have been just fine at, ho- at home. So, you know, all these things are happening. So you want to go to Action Radio. Um, anyway, the Action Radio Facebook page and the Action Radio with Greg Penglis podcast page. Podcast is where you're going to find the shows. Action Radio Facebook page is where you're going to find all the action. And we've got calls coming in like crazy now, which is great. I love when this happens. And I'm writing a bill. I actually am writing a bill as we speak. You can't do this in any other show in the country. Nobody does this. This is, this is, this is here. This is it. And so we get to go take this to Congress, and hopefully uh, Congressman Gates will, will kind of pass this around like he did that first email, you know, my famous peace sign to a gunfight, which, which in a way inspired a lot of the FBI hearings that are going on. Let's get to, uh, we have a pastor on the line, Pastor Blanchard. Uh, pastor Blanchard, go ahead, sir. Oh, man. Yes, hello? Hello, yeah, you're on the air with me. <laughs> Great. Say, uh, I just want to uh, support the interesting perspective that your previous caller just uh mention about the uh, supercomputers. Okay. So uh, I, I don't think the Constitution actually defines how the census is undertaken. Nope. So whether it's by pencil, by pen. Hmm. So could we redefine the actual census by a computer program that is approved and all the data that has been uh requested by the previous callers could simply be added to that program with a matter of five programmers. So I think it's a great idea, and I do think that it's still in line with the Constitution. So thanks for bringing up that great idea. Thank you for for this. Do you have a second before I can ask you a question real quick? Although I hear some static on your line. Tim, let me put you on hold. Yes, I'm sorry, Pastor. It's getting a little bit louder. Let me try it one more time. Are, Are you there still? 
Yeah, it's got a little bit of, of uh, stuff in the background. Let me work on this. This is an interesting perspective. And let me uh, so listen in. And if you have further uh, comments, you can put them on our uh, WEBY and the Action Radio Facebook page. All right. So there, I'm going to let you go now, only because I'm hearing some loud, loud thing in the background. That was great. Let's get to uh, Nancy, who has something to add. Nancy, what would you like to put on our bill? Good morning, Greg. First, let me tell you, I loved your program oh, yesterday. You. I thought it was super, super uh, inspiring and patriotic. Oh, um, so how yeah. How about if the states take their own censuses and get the data to the federal government? We do that for everything else anyway. Then the feds don't have to uh, incur such a, such a debt. I, right. I love that idea. The states take their own census and then send the information to the federal government. Uh, and now, the only the only problem I see with that is how do you keep the states honest enough to make sure, but. <laughs> How do you keep the federal government honest enough? But here's the thing. But congressional districts don't cross state lines. True. So states can do this just fine. There's no reason why. I mean, the Electoral College is by state. Okay? Yes. So this is brilliant. This is another brilliant. I love this idea, too. So I'm going to put that in. So the states take their own census. I'm going to put that in. Oh, this is great. Do you want to add to that? I don't have anything. It was just that one blind look. (laughs) First of all, thank you for for yesterday's show, because I know it's a holiday and a lot of people, you know, didn't get a chance to hear it. But uh, I read the Declaration of Independence and there was a bunch of other stuff. Uh, uh, Did you like my my redo of the, uh, the poem for the Statue of Liberty, for example? I, I have some mixed emotions about that, and I'm not really uh, – I need to go and read the actual text of it again. Okay. I'll post it, I love I'll post it for the you. the patriotic music and that your reading of the Declaration was superb. I like that people in different places take the time to do that at least once a year. Well, I'm going to do it next year. We're going to keep Super. doing it. And I'll, I'll be a, here. Thank you very much, Nancy. Appreciate your call. Bye. There we go. All right. So, yeah, we had a couple of great calls. we got nothing but great calls today. This is amazing. All right. So that is a fascinating idea. The states take their own census and then send that to the federal government. Um, I, I still have to think more about the, the idea of the supercomputers that uh, Pastor Blanchard was saying, and because, only because um, I'm, 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 it's like voting machines. You know, can they be programmed? And so that's going to be the, the, the question is the check on that. Um, as to how much they can do that. I'm, t- I'm typing and, and talking at the same time, so I hope I don't say anything here. And sure, there we go. Okay. So we've got some, we have brilliant ideas. We have uh, the states who do the census. We have, you know, we do, Brad was saying we don't need a census at all because we have all this technology to do it. You know, we have, uh, you know, verify who are the legal citizens. We do that by a bunch of different ways, uh, talk, separating visa holders and, and uh, you know, permanent resident immigrants out from the pool of representation. We've got actual affidavits, you know, like an, like an IRS form. You know, that's another idea. So all these ideas have come in. And, you know, I'm going to see if I think i got uh, one on Facebook right now. Let me just let me take a look at Facebook right here. Uh, we've got uh, let's, uh, too many computer screens open here. <laughs> this is what happens when you multitask, okay? Uh, yeah, okay, so there's another, another great uh, um, comment here we have on Facebook, uh, WEBY page, you know, do respondents have uh, possessed uh, proof of U.S. citizenship or resident status through any of the following, you know, birth certificate, passport, uh, or visa. Yeah, so we're all, that seems to be a common theme. So not only do you want the citizenship question, you want proof of citizenship as well. You know what I should do? Because actually, that I did write a bill on. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. Anyway, so uh, let me see if I can drag that one out of Write Your Laws. I might post that as well. Let's take a little break right now. It's 845. 
We've got a little bit of time left. If you want to get in on this, and of course check all the bills that we have, there's about 60 of them that are, that are in the process right now at writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. And this is Greg Penglis. This is Action Radio, and are we taking action today? Oh, did I strike a nerve today? This is great. So you're listening to... Greg Penglis here, Action Radio Hour, 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. And my question is very simply, what do you want in, in our Action Radio Census Bill to make sure that only citizens are counted? Okay, it's very simple. That question's on the WEBY page. It's on my Action Radio page. And uh, we're going to podcast this uh, probably this afternoon. I think we we're going to be moving on this so you get to listen and, uh, and figure out all the things that people are saying. I want to go to Marshall right now and see. Uh, Marshall, what do you want to add to our bill? I want them to take all references to race off of the census. Okay. I, brilliant. I love it. Um, I'm, yeah, let me just I'm gonna write this down here. Let me think for a second. So all references. How about all references to race in the federal government? Absolutely. You know Trump just pushed through a thing where uh, the colleges can't use race anymore to determine who gets in. Yep. Actually, I posted an article on that. Uh, Heritage Foundation had one. It's on the WBY page as well. And so you can check that out. Absolutely. And it's about time. I mean, this whole idea, this is the thing that disgusted me the most about the, the, the resegregation president, as I call him. You know, Obama took everything and based on a race. And that incredibly insulting line he would use, you know, people don't, nobody looks like me, for example. You know, I mean, nobody looks like anybody. Exactly. So, I mean, it just, ugh, just infuriated me. just recently came out, you know who the most racist employers in the United States are? Probably the government. No, Silicon Valley. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, so how do we how do we word this now, Marshall? So all references to race in the census, and all reference to race in all matters in all matters of the federal government are abolished. Yeah, and it should be the state government also. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be... Well, you know what? I have to write a separate... But what we, first of all, we need, the census isn't in the states yet, although that's one of our provisions is to knock to the states. Once we get it to the states, then we can put that provision. Does that make sense? Yes. Can you register a small complaint now? A, a small complaint about what? Yeah, go ahead. Your, uh, your guest that you had on Friday lied like a government official when they said that most of the new AIDS cases... Oh, yeah come through heterosexual sex. Yeah, that's, that's, I want to, I want to save that for a different time. I like to keep my topics to the same show, if we possibly can, but yeah. Um, hmm, yes. All right, well, let's check her out before you let her back on again, okay. because that was weird, so. You know what, though, and I like to have all points of view if I can possibly get them. Let me write up your, your. Yeah, get on the air and lie. Well, you know what, and and uh, and one person's, you know, yeah, I'm just going to let my guess, whatever they said, I'm just going to let that stand on their own. I tell you, what, I have to let you go because i got another call. I want to get more input on this bill. Okay. All right, I appreciate it. Oh, no, listen, hey, Marshall, that was, that was a great addition to it. Pete, Pete, what do you got for our bill here? Hey, Greg, how you doing, sir? I am well. We yesterday, we, it's a good time, you know. Oh, we have to have race included in that. What good is a census if we don't know what race they are? Why does that matter? Because we're trying to find out what's the whole purpose of a census. But race is nothing. Race, you know, it's, it's one person, one vote, not one, you know, white person, black person, Asian person, Hispanic person. Race has yeah. nothing to do with, with, with yeah, how well, we vote. Can I finish? We're not talking about how we vote. We're talking about a census and how many people uh, in America, let's say 300 million. We know there's more than that. 
right. first, let's say 300 million. In the census, we need to find out how many are male, how many are female, how many are uh, of uh, Asian descent, how many of uh, Negro descent, how many Caucasian No, I disagree descent. completely. I think you're absolutely wrong. No, I don't okay, think... Okay, well, what's the purpose of a census, census then? To count the number of people so that the congressional districts and the electoral college votes can be decided, and uh, they also use it for so, money and things like that, but what's that? A census every 10 years is only for uh, congressional brownie points? I think I don't think that's true, Greg. Well, I, I, can, I, can, I can read the Constitution right here. I can tell you what it's okay, for. It's, well, in, it's, an article, it's in Article 1, Section 2. Then, but what I'm saying is the purpose of a sentence, sentence, I thought, is to find out how many people are on this soil. How many... Uh, no, I understand. not at all. It's more, no, uh, it's, so it's it's actually for taxes and for... for votes, right? What's that? That's what you're saying? I'm just asking. But this is the question. Is the census in America every 10 years only for the tally of electoral votes? Question mark. I'll tell you exactly yes, what it is. Hang on, hang on. No, don't. You know, we only got a little bit of time left. So if anybody else wants to call, and if you don't get a chance to call, go to uh, WBY Facebook page and my Action Radio Facebook page, and you can add to this bill because I'm going to be writing this. Eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. All right, Article One, Section Two. It says, uh, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states, which may be included in the union according to their numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of the free persons, including those. The actual enumeration shall be made with, the, okay, we got that before. And it says here, you know, it doesn't say anything about dividing by race or, or, or for money or for budgets. Things have been added to the census since it got started. But the actual, but the reason here is very simple. It's about uh, it's about uh, representation. It says, you know, term every ten years in such a manner as they by law shall prescribe. The number of representatives shall not exceed for one. Yeah, it's basically for the House of Representatives is the major reason for the census because it's, so, you know, so it's they, population. They, yep. People are saying is illegal aliens have the right to vote and mess no, they don't. things up. That's that's no, that's not I'm true. Not saying that some people are the well, they're wrong. The purpose of electoral votes is to count how many people you go in the district so you can be represented, represented in your district, so that's where you get the brownie points. But look at the Second Amendment. They say the ownership of fire or weapons or arms shall not be infringed. Look how they infringe that. I'm a 21-year-old boy. I have money. I want to buy a gun in Florida. I can't. I got to I, I wait one more year so I'm 21. That's being infringed. Well, I, I'm not saying. Well, listen, I'm not saying it's followed exactly, but I tried to follow. You know, I can't if I'm talking about the census and I'm writing a bill on the census. I can't then add a section that's going to correct the Second Amendment. That's a totally different issue. to find out how many people in America, how many black, how many white, how many yellow. Uh, well, I don't like know, that expression. So, all right, Pete, Pete, you've made that point. I'm going to let you go at that particular point, but I don't think it matters. I mean, like I say, if, if you're apportioning, if you're, if you're taxing, it doesn't matter what color it is. I'm with Marshall on this one, that we need to completely eliminate all mention of race in all parts of government. I mean, how, you know, how can we be a united country if we're still dividing up by official government policy? That makes no sense. Let's get to Josie. A couple minutes left, Josie. It's all yours. Go ahead. Hey, hey good morning. Um, when the census came out, uh, a lot of the left were up because uh, they were asking for citizenship, mm -hmm. and I think it's a great idea that you guys were talking about. Citizenship will be excellent. Okay. And uh, I just wrote a bill, and you helped me uh, 
you know, put it together too. Yes, and um, we got it to to Sean Hannity. We got it to Representative uh, uh, Rod DeSantis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So fingerprints, ID will be excellent too. So now do you probably we know who's legal and who's not legal from America. Do you want fingerprint ID not just at the, the voting, but do you want it on the census as well? Because that would really complicate. I think it. on everything in America should be excellent. Okay, so voter ID by fingerprint. So census count. Let me add this. So then census count uh, would be by fingerprint then, you're saying, right? Yes. So you'd have to go to a, a census counting place to actually do that then? Well, whatever it takes. You okay. Know? So think about that. Everything. Think about that, you know, the, the cost and the, the, the how you would do that and the legality of that. Because I want to see if you can add that to our Facebook page later on at some point today. Think about how we can count people if we require fingerprints. It's not a bad idea. It's worth considering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks very much, Josie. You have a blessed day. You Bye-bye. have a blessed day, too. There we go. In fact, we're almost done. <laughs> this hour has absolutely flown by. Thank you all so much for your suggestions. They're going into the bill. I will write it up this afternoon. I'll put it on uh, writeyourlaws.com and then to the WEBY and the Action Radio Facebook page. If I'm not here, I'm on the Action Radio Facebook page. I'm on the Action Radio podcast page. Tomorrow, I'm going to give you the results. Okay? Of everything. And that's how it was uh, on the day we made that show. And that was uh, July 5th of 2018. And now let's get back to uh, present day. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news! Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That. Action Radio. So that's how it was. Uh, in fact, this is a, it was fascinating to me that uh, I wrote that bill on the air. We basically made both broadcast and legislative history on the same day. Uh, as, as far as I know, that has never been done. I, I contacted the, uh, the Radio Hall of Fame. I said, here's what we did. I sent them the recording. I said, can you, can you investigate and see if this has ever been done? And is this something that you would want to note um, for, for radio history? And then they said, no. <laughs> okay, fine. You know, they said, well, we don't know if it hasn't been done before. We don't, you know. Anyway, they said no. So they didn't, they didn't want to investigate it. So well, maybe one day. But uh, that's how we did it. That's how we did it back then. And so I've got the bill right in front of me right now. I pulled it up. I'm going to have to change the title of the show because I'm not going to talk about our vaccine product liability bill or our big tech censorship bill. Uh, I've done that other times, and uh, those are very important. But I want to, since I've just played the recording of how we wrote the Citizens Only Census Act of 2018, I want to go over that bill now. And so this will give you a chance to uh, uh, so hear this. And, uh, you know, like I say, well, I might go a little bit past our, our top of the hour just to make sure I get this in. Because as they go, I'm not going to read every word of it, but you'll notice, you know, and you can compare what was said in the calls to what actually ended up in the bill. And this is a bill that Matt Gates took to the House Freedom Coalition uh, and took to the White House when, uh, pre- when uh, President Trump was there. And they went with a, with a regulation. And then the regulation got overturned by the, uh, the Supreme Court unjustly because they said that you have to count illegal aliens, which is blatantly unconstitutional because only citizens can vote 
uh, and only and the whole purpose of the census is to apportion for taxes. At least they used to. Uh, now they do direct income tax, but they used to apportion for taxes uh, by population, and they used to set their congressional districts by population of citizens. That's the whole purpose of the census: apportionment of taxes and and setting congressional districts. And they still use it for that purpose today. Anyway, Pianchi. Let's see if I can get Pianchi back in our conversation here. Uh, and if he's busy, I'll just uh, start into the bill. But um, I played that once before, and maybe even twice before, I don't know. But I like to play that periodically just to let folks know what happens. And you'll notice the amount of callers I had compared to the callers we have here at Blog Talk. The reason we have m- much fewer callers here at Blog Talk is that at this point still, most people are listening to a podcast. They're not listening live. Whereas the WEBY, the only way to hear the show was live, and then eventually I got to a place where I could podcast um, you know, on Facebook. And then, I, and then I just continued that process, and now the podcasts at Blog Talk are right at blogtalkradio.com slash action. And I also post them to the Action Radio with uh, Greg Pangloss Facebook page, but the only purpose of that now is for the shows, because if I put anything political on there, it being a uh, uh, more of a commercial, of a business page as opposed to a personal page, stuff gets immediately censored. And it gets blocked, and I couldn't have that, so I moved my political stuff to my own page, and then I had to uh, ask a bunch of folks to leave, or I had to take them off my Facebook page, who were, you know, I think censoring me and reporting me to Facebook, so I couldn't have that either. Pianchi, are you there? Are you are you back? Um, what did you think of that uh, writing a bill on the air? Well, yeah, that's pretty good. Constitution does mention. Yeah. Uh, it's a person when they talk about. When they talk about the whole number of persons, they're talking about blacks. Well, and this is why I made the point. Well, we had two callers. One that, that said that pizza, that everything should be done by race. And Marshall said that uh, race should be should removed, you know, from, from all aspects of government. I, I agree with Marshall. I see no reason to classify people by race. That just perpetuates racism in the government. You know, if, the, if you didn't classify by race. The whole... Uh-huh. Counting the whole numbers of person in each state, excluding Indians, not taxed. <clears throat> so when they say the whole number, they're going mm-hmm. back to referring to the three-fifths uh, clause. Now, has that been amended, or is that still the way it is? Well, because there are no three-fifths persons in the United States anymore, the whole number would be everybody. Yeah, well, this is how they were talking about blacks during the time yeah, they talk when about. this article was put together. So they does make reference. I don't have no problem with making yeah. reference for people identified by the ethnicity because that way you can uh, obtain some very good information, especially on the progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so I see what you're saying here. It says representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which, and, of course, that was superseded by the income tax amendment. So this, does, this isn't in the, the new constitution. This, is, this isn't in the amended constitution. It's in the original constitution. So representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states, because only 13 at that time, which may be included within this union, which may be included. So in other words, they, the provision for more, according to the respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons. There you go. Uh, including those bound to service for a term of years. Oh, wait a minute. So that's where the three-fifths comes in. And excluding Indians not taxed three-fifths of all other persons. You know, it, it was interesting. You know who wanted the three-fifths? That was the North. The North wanted the three-fifths you know, provision. People think it was the South. People think, well, the South didn't want uh, blacks counted as, as whole people. No, the North didn't. Because the North was trying to break the legislative power of the South. 
and there were so many black citizens. You know, once once slaves were freed, they weren't citizens. They weren't citizens. That's why some well, illegals can be counted for apportionment. Yeah. So let me get my timeline straight then. So uh, as far as the census went, so maybe this. All right. So during the original Constitution, before the Civil War, when they were still had slavery, they were counting three fifths of a person. That was still a census, but that was superseded. They weren't citizens, but, but actually around the fifteenth amendment. <clears throat> okay, but since the thirteenth, the thirteenth abolished slavery, and the fourteenth, uh, one of the key ones, established citizenship for everybody. So that would have superseded because that amended that provision that I just read. So whole persons wouldn't have any meaning anymore because everybody was a whole person. Well, it, it, it did it from then on, but uh, before that, uh, when the Fourteenth Amendment was passed, it couldn't go back in history, like mm-hmm. they're trying to do with the name of Washington Redskins and that other uh, tribe, saying that yeah. it was it was the Washington Commandos that won the nineteen eighty seven World Series. <laughs> Okay, I like, I like the commandos. That's kind of funny. <laughs> anyway, let me. Um, here's what we said in the bill. So the bill was written. I posted July 5th, and so this is a, a typed up version, 2018. So this this was post. I guess I did post it the day I wrote it. Well, that's interesting. I think I thought it was done the next day, but anyway, it says the Citizens Only Census Act of 2018. So this is the bill that I wrote up based on what people told me on the air. Introduction. The main constitutional purpose of the census from the Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, this is what we just went over, is to establish the correct number of representatives to serve in the U.S. House of Representatives based on the population of each state. The census, therefore, is primarily concerned with representation. Representation is only established for those who can vote for that representation in Congress. Since only U.S. citizens can vote, only U.S. citizens shall be counted in the U.S. Census. The purpose of this bill is to ensure that only U.S. citizens are counted in the census, that the federal government verifies that only U.S. citizens are counted in the census, and that all people are asked whether they are, in fact, U.S. citizens, or they shall not be counted, that all persons answering in the affirmative that they are U.S. citizens offer proof of U.S. citizenship, and that the Congress, in passing this legislation, establish a legal requirement that the federal government enforce that U.S. citizenship is proven through written means such as U.S. passport, naturalization papers, or birth certificate, and prosecute through deportation, civil asset forfeiture, and other legal means anyone falsely claiming U.S. citizenship for the purposes of being fraudulently counted in the census or for any other purpose resulting in personal benefit from any government agency or program. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, did you know they they can fine you $5,000 for not responding? I'll provide false information to any questions on the census. Well, that's interesting. Title 18. Huh. Yeah. That's something I could probably put in the bill here. That's interesting. Or I just leave it alone. But yeah, I didn't know that. Huh. Okay. So here's the next one. Constitutional authority of Congress. I'll skip that part. Uh, Here's section two. this This is directly from a caller. Section two, adding only what is necessary. Congress has lost their way and the census has become ridiculously intrusive. The only information the federal government needs to know is the names, ages, and number of U.S. citizens living at each particular residence. Nothing further shall be authorized or allowed to be asked or investigated under this act. The eternal asking of questions and the endless collection, cataloging, and analysis of the subsequent information gained by agents and officers of the federal government constitute an unreasonable search under this statute. 
and violate the Fourth Amendment right of the people to be safe and secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. Such an intrusion under the guise of the census to learn anything beyond the aforementioned names, ages, and number of U.S. citizens shall be deemed an unreasonable intrusion, regardless of altruistic arguments of the benefits of statistical information. And that came directly from that caller. That's, what, that's how I sort of expanded on it a little bit. Let me go on. Section three, proof of citizenship for the purposes of the census. This came from a caller, too. Proof of U.S. citizenship shall be accomplished by U.S. passport, U.S. birth certificate, or U.S. naturalization certificate. Driver's licenses, Social Security cards, and all other forms of identification shall not be considered valid proof of U.S. citizenship owing to the massive fraud of false identification and the illegal granting by many states of driver's licenses to illegal aliens and subsequently allowing them to vote, especially without proper voter security ID laws. The exception would be when states or the Congress adopts the U.S. Citizenship Declaration Act, which is another one of our acts, which declares upon the driver's license by printing in bold letters the status of the driver as being U.S. citizen, registered permanent resident, or temporary visa holder where the license expires the day the visa expires. So that's what handled that. And that came from a caller. Here's another one. Whether the census should Smart be turned call. over to the state. Uh, uh, sorry, go ahead, Pianchi. Yes, smart callers. Those callers said they were amazing. And again, I think it was a lot of people who couldn't normally call in because it was July 5th. And it was, it was a you know, four-day weekend. So July 4th was on a Thursday. Uh, no, it was on a Wednesday. July 5th was on a Thursday. So everybody was off. Everybody was off that Thursday and Friday. So we got, we got callers I'd never heard before. Here's another one from a caller. Whether the census should be turned over to the states. Remember the woman that called in? I think Nancy was her name. It says, the authority vested in the Congress to conduct the census in such manner as they shall by law direct includes having the federal government not conduct the census at all, but delegate through this act the authority to the states, which may then delegate the authority further to county, city, or other local governments to conduct the census at the local level and then report back up to the states, who will then report the results to the U.S. Census Bureau, who will then complete the results. Pretty cool, huh? You see how it directly translated from the calls? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Here's another one. Section five, failure to disclose citizenship status. There's no such thing as an undocumented immigrant. I think this is one of my provisions. Everyone is documented from somewhere. Everyone has a birth certificate from somewhere. Everyone is subject to the jurisdiction of some nation, but only U.S. citizens are subject to the United States jurisdiction. Any attempt to deceive or failure to disclose citizenship when it is not United States citizenship shall be grounds for reporting to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, and full prosecution of the law shall be initiated. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> Here we go. You, using the census for a national poll. This came from another one of our callers, one of the gentlemen. So I wrote, once U.S. citizenship has been verified and affirmed, certain national poll questions may be voluntarily answered or not. Questions to be determined by Congress and this act. Some questions have already been established as necessary to ask. Shall English be the national language? If yes, should every language but English be removed from all government forms, procedures, applications, and any other paperwork? Translators for foreign nationals shall, we not, shall not be affected by this act. The second one, this is from Josie, right? Should U.S. citizenship be verified by electronic fingerprint ID? Should electronic fingerprint technology be required at polling places or for all federal elections? Well, that's right from Josie's bill on fingerprint ID. See, she's been calling since I started. <laughs> She's the only person that has been with me since the beginning. 
Here's another one. This is from a caller, Section 7. Does current government technology make the census obsolete? One of the questions to be answered by Congress before commencing the 2020 census uh, is whether the census is even necessary anymore. Or, because of current computer technology, programs such as Echelon, programs of the National Security Agency, National Reconnaissance Office, IRS Records, the FBI, the National Security Branch Anal- Analysis Center, obviously I look these agencies up, right, and other agencies, plus state and local agencies, is so much already known about all U.S. citizens that there is no need to count people for whom the government already has their life story. The Congressional Budget Office and the House and Senate Budget Committees should investigate whether the census can't more efficiently and accurately be done with known information on most U.S. citizens by the federal government and then use census collection techniques and and personnel for people not known to the federal government already. How's that sound? What are you getting there? <laughs> so you see how, but you see how this translates. So we use the calls to write the bill. I mean, these are their ideas. Yes, I expanded them. Yes, I made them, you know, fit in current law. And yes, I, uh, you know, put some other details into to make it uh, more bill-like. But for the most part, those were their ideas. And that's what makes this so wonderful mm-hmm. is there's genius out there. There is genius in the American people. I see it all, all the time. I see it every day. I just want to record that genius, put it into bills, and send those bills to government. Because they seem to be suffering from a, from a lack of genius at this point because they listen to their lobbyists that want bills for special interests. They don't want bills for we the people. And that's the difference between us and them. So the last question was on uh, – we only have a few minutes left here. We'll be done in just a bit. Uh, I might even finish on time. Who knows? Uh, the last one, Section 8, ending identity politics by removing all references to race from all government operations. And uh, this is in a the June 29th, 2018 article by the Heritage Foundation titled Eliminating Identity Politics from the U.S. Census. They wrote, in the 1970s, progressive interest groups pressured the Census Bureau to divide the entire country into often artificial ethnic and racial categories. This result, in turn, gave the census racial and ethnic taximony and unjustified relevance that was previously absent. It also gave birth to what is today often called identity politics by providing official approval of the notion that the country is divided into adversarial identity groups. The Trump administration's decision to reinstate a question about citizenship in the 2020 census is the right step because citizenship, unlike race, is an important category in a constitutional republic. This step can begin weakening identity politics, a destructive force that is now racializing all of society. And this is back, they wrote this in 2018. Not that long ago, but this is back when Heritage seemed to be doing better work. So the last paragraph, given the resegregation well, that took place... All right, go ahead. Make your comment, and then I'll, I'll finish. Yeah, like 1860, they, uh-huh. In 1860, they, they recognized Indian, Chinese, black, mulatto, and white. 1850 mm-hmm. was black, mulatto, and white. So they did have racial classifications as early as 1860. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they did, but uh, the, the point is, do we want to continue those? And my answer is no. I don't want racial classification. Well, I think you should, because now it's worse. I'm not saying it's worse, but it's more diverse. In 1980, they had a loot Eskimo, the American Indian, Asian, Indian, Chinese, Filipino, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, Black or Negro, Hispanic. Yeah, you got the more diverse population now. But what does that do for us? I mean, yeah, you can now if someone wants to privately do statistics and they want to analyze that, but for the purpose of the census and the purpose of the federal government, if we're all equal under the law, 
then why would you want to divide people by race or ethnic group or anything, religion? Why does it matter? I don't think you are. I think that you're counting heads, then heads are being identified based on these particular categories. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I disagree. I disagree. I think the only thing to do is count heads. I think uh, at that point, you know, the idea of, of you, you can't have affirmative action without classifying people by race or sex for that matter. You know, a lot of programs, a lot of preferential programs, quotas, college admissions, all kinds of things wouldn't be able to be done because we're all equal under the law, which is what the 14th Amendment guarantees, the equal protection of the laws. And if you divide people by, by race and ethnic group and, and sex and then have any kind of discriminating quality because of that, then we don't have the equal protection of the laws. So the best way to get rid of racism, sexism, and all the other isms is to stop counting people and identifying them by their group, by identity politics. Well, they have uh, affirmative action based on your life experiences in certain uh, instances, especially in colleges, and they go about setting their admittances, uh, admittances as classified by the people. You know, like in some of your private colleges, they may spot certain uh, ethnic individuals' points on the college admission exam and take mm-hmm. away from others. Yeah, see, so college admission should be done blind with a number. All your information, all your, your, you know, where you live, the school you went to, the qualifications, the courses you took, you know, your volunteer organizations, your, your test scores, SAT, achievement test score, all those things should be listed. But you should only be able to be identified by a number. No photos, no nothing. That's what college admission well, should Well, then go. why would they teach, you know, then, then why would they teach language in, a, in their schools? They teach Spanish. Well, it's good to learn languages. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I exempted up language in college because I spoke enough French to pass the test at the time. <laughs> I don't think I could do you that You come now, through the airport, you have signage mm-hmm. and Chinese, you have signage and you got... Uh, well, we have visitors. Chinese, that's, that's Chinatown. Yeah, but that's for visitors. Well, and don't forget, too, a lot of Americans speak different languages. You know, immigrants come here speaking different languages, and they teach their kids that language. Now, gradually, I think it gets watered down to English, but for the most part, there's no reason to have other languages, just not in government. You know, if a Chinese restaurant wants to have the restaurant name in Chinese, who cares? That's their business. In St. Louis, you got the Hill, which is basically mostly Italian. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but you have restaurant names in Italian. You know, Giuseppe Sparaducci is like a spaghetti parlor. You know, I mean, why wouldn't it be in Italian? Uh, you know, it's a great language. I wish I knew some Italian. Yeah, that way, that way you can have uh, businesses that cater to mm-hmm. those particular ethnic groups. They well, want that's fine. to try to operate I'm in not... the heart of them. So, yeah, they, I don't have a problem with uh, identifying people by their ethnic origin. I don't either, as long as it's done by government. Yeah, I just don't want government doing it because uh, that, that's, that, that's, that's how government discriminates against people. That's how, government, that's how prejudices get going by the government having policies based on race. And they can't do that. But it's interesting, though, that uh, you know, all the European folks, the Norwegians, the Italians, the, the Swiss, the French, the Portuguese, the Germans, the Dutch, the Danish are all very different people, but they're all classified as white people. Yeah, you know, the same way. Yeah, exactly. They classify themselves as Danes and British and, and Irish and, and black. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, same thing in Africa. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they don't make distinctions between Black Ghana's and Nigerians. And, Black you know, Ur- classify themselves as white, but the Africans, Nigerians, they don't classify themselves as black. Yeah. They're Nigerian. American, Cameroonian American, Ghanaian American. There you go. Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. And for the same reason that that, uh, that white immigrants, you know, classify themselves as Irish American, Scottish American, whatever. But once you're born here, you know, you kind of lose that, you would think. I'm a Canadian American. I was born in Canada. You know, my allegiance is to America. This is where I, this is my sworn citizenship. But if I wanted to say I'm but a I Canadian think American. should <clears throat> indicate whether or not they're U.S. citizens so you can count citizens in the country. Exactly. But what I want to do is get racial stuff out of it. Let me just get the one, one paragraph and we'll get off the air for today. So here's the last thing I wrote. Given the resegregation that took place up to, but especially including the Obama administration, where every policy and action was based on race, we can only continue to become a completely segregated nation again unless, of course, reversal is instituted immediately. Therefore, it shall be the policy of not only the U.S. Census Bureau, but the entire federal government that all mention, use, collection, categorization for any purpose at all, of any listing of race be abolished, destroyed, deleted, removed, erased, and all such use, practice, research, analysis, statistical collection or calculation, or any application of any kind of race or racial information cease immediately and permanently upon the passage of this act. Now that's pretty strong language. Then you wouldn't yeah. be able to, then you wouldn't be able to attract systemic racism then. Exactly. Because when blacks look at certain categories, well, yeah, you have to, but blacks look at certain areas and they they don't, like Facebook, you look into a Facebook, uh, uh, a Muslim Facebook crew mm-hmm. that was hired to do tracking, there's no black faces. It's all white. <laughs> Interesting. So then, then the person, then you go in and say, well, you know, blacks make up a certain percentage of the population in this area, why come that's not being reflected in your employment? Yeah. One of the colors sometimes told me that Silicon Valley is, is almost all white. And there's not a lot of, uh, unless folks are like, you have the Indians on H1 visas and things like that. But uh, apparently Silicon Valley is, is one of the more prejudiced places around. Well, it makes sense. It's leftist. But anyway, I think we'd be a better yeah, country. Yeah, it uh, It's like yeah, the, your, university, your universities list their population and break mm-hmm. it up uh, along the lines of Well, they can do that. Ethnicity. Yeah. Well, I mean, universities, like I say, it, and they have sociology departments. That's what they do. They break people up by group. They study groups. Anthropology, same thing. That's fine. I just don't want government and also, doing it. Well, but the government do do it. And your military, Air Force, Navy, and so forth, they do break it up by uh, ethnic group. Then the people that look at it and say, well, you don't have enough uh, Asians or blacks in, this, uh, in your forces. Yeah, military would be another issue. I think it should be by qualification. That's not my biggest concern. My big concern was the census and the categorizing of racial information. Anyway, we're going to leave it for today. Uh, I'm going to change the title of the show because I right. never got to the Thank two you. bills I talked about. Um, yeah, any any closing words? No, we, what we didn't do today, we'll do tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Tomorrow's Friday, so we start an hour earlier. We start at 6 a.m. Central Time. And so, uh, boy, these weeks are going by fast. It, it's amazing. Uh-huh. You know, because this is what I'm doing all the time. When I'm not doing the show, I'm getting ready for the show. <laughs> so it's an ongoing process. Pianchi, thank you so much. I really appreciate your contributions. Without you, I probably would have stopped an hour ago. You know, played my last thing and, and gone. Thank so you. I appreciate you being here. Yeah. A couple more things I'll to talk do. Talk to you later. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Pianchi. A couple more things to do, and we shall uh, close it up for today. 
Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. So the next thing to do, I'm going to revamp our Give, Send, Go page because I want to try and attract more contributions so we can actually do the things that uh, we, we want to do and, and talk about doing all the time. So you can find us um, at GiveSendGo.com slash Action Radio. Also, we have a place for sponsors and contributors and people who want to, to advertise here at paypal.com slash paypal.me slash action radio. Again, paypal.com slash paypal.me slash action radio. That's right there on our broadcast page. So it's there for everybody to see. You have the times for the shows. You've got the, the keyword search, how to find older shows with topics you're interested in. We've got our international Skype call-in line. That is there. Uh, we've got uh, the Founding Moments YouTube channel. You go find that one. Uh, and then, again, our bill writing site, writeyourlaws.com. A couple more things to play, and we shall be done for today. Joe Biden's Dark Winter. No freedom, no liberty, no guns, no representation, no oil, no coal, no nuclear power, no space force, no constitution, no family gatherings, no vacations, just taxes, work, Misery, masks, lockdowns, and ever more government. This is what will happen if you let Marxists steal the election. This has been a public service announcement of Action Radio, reminding you it's time to get off your butt and save your country. This is Greg Penglis. So, what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system.
You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.